Welcome to your NFL preseason 23 episode of Sportsify with your hosts, Matt Novak and Grant Hawker. Welcome in, everybody. It's the preview episode. I'm so excited. Sitting next to me, as always, is Grant Hawker. How are we doing? Jameson's on the third mic. Hello. Uh, Sportsify is ready to go uh, for the NFL season. We're getting started Football. in, what, eight days? Uh, as we're recording? Next uh, Thursday. Our recording's eight it's days. Next Thursday, whatever so, that is. Guys, it's literally happening. Like, Wait, I... So, it's nine, nine days. or eight. Nine. Nine, that's right. It'll be eight tomorrow. Yep. Technically. Yeah. Recording on a uh, Tuesday, if anything happens. So, we're yeah. so pumped. Like genuinely, today was cut down day. We'll get. We'll probably be talking about that a little bit a throughout the night. Day. Um, we're de- there's there's a uh, one player they got cut this week that I definitely want to talk a little bit about. There's a certain quarterback. There's a team in the NFL that has one quarterback on its roster. We're gonna talk yeah. about that for a little bit tonight. And that one quarterback, it it's really concerning that you would. Uh, that's <laughs> just the have one, one you're good with. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, the and. I have just been surprised at a few of the moves we had. In, uh, we'll get to it during few, my segment. Quite a few small trades today. Some yeah. little like in division trade. That's the one I'm I'm plugging. Is there was an in division trade and the one I'm doing tonight for the AFC. So like there has been okay, so okay. much movement. Um, a Pro Bowl kicker got traded today. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of you know like cut. Genuinely just surprised at some of the action. Uh, as I know a lot of you guys are, we're just so excited that we're getting into it, that this is real. Um, there's literally just, like I said, over, uh, slightly over a week now before football is on our screens, and we're terrified of fantasy stuff. We all just did our first guillotine draft last was- night. Dude, I was like the hardest draft we've ever done. I was like kind of barely paying attention, <laughs> and I had like some scary. some players lined up like way down there. Yeah, and all of a sudden I like go away because there was like how many teams did we have in the thing? Like eighteen, sixteen, sixteen, we had 16 teams, teams in which that also one. was just terrible in itself. Yeah. and I had I was like, oh, the, I, these guys are gonna get picked up, and then like all three of them were gone. Oh, it's it was nuts. I got my my second and third pick auto drafted because I was packing some stuff up moving back and forth so yeah. i had to step away for a second that that 30 second timer moves pretty quick uh, enjoy so. jonathan taylor so i got jonathan uh, taylor no later than my, week five yeah no later than week five hey if you uh, make it maybe and should they, you probably like, describe what a guillotine thing is with the yeah so I, I mean for those of you that haven't done it we were all unfamiliar with it until recently jameson i uh, got asked to start or go into one with his buddies mm-hmm. so i as soon as i saw it i was like yes this is for us 100 percent uh, but a guillotine league is essentially I uh, you have yeah for a while you have no winning happening you just have losing which we love I, I'm I am that person with everything I love the idea of one loser many mm-hmm. winners it's a survival loser game. love it yeah so in this uh, you you basically decide how many weeks of the NFL season you're going to play in it and uh, you go through. And you add one or you have one less, sorry, or one more uh, team in your league than the amount of weeks that you're going to play so that that way there's one team left and it is survival. So if you have the lowest amount of points uh, in a week, you're done. Your team is over. It gets locked and then your players get put onto the waiver wire 
Uh, in certain <laughs> so leagues, crazy. they get bid on. In our league, it'll be a rolling waiver uh, because we're doing the free U- Dude, the final, Yahoo like, Two version. to three weeks, everyone's going to be scoring like 300 points. I've been, seriously, <laughs> I've been watching, awesome. yeah, like I've been watching teams. these guys. Like, uh, I've been watching like a few different podcasts that uh, deal with just specific fantasy stuff. And there's this dude that I followed for a little while and I get a lot of information from and I won't drop his name because I don't want you guys jumping in there. But um, <laughs> uh, my little secret. But he was basically talking about, he goes, it's great um, because the teams that will be losing in November are teams with like Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, um, Jamar Chase. Jamar, yeah, like that team will they took, lose. They took quarterbacks high. Yeah. And so there's other skill players aren't going to be able to like compensate and, for it. And and he's like, or or he's like, it just, it's just a little bit of an off week. Like say Christian McCaffrey gets 15 points. So that's fine. But the other guy has, let's just say Derek Henry or Nick Chubb and Derek Henry and Nick Chubb has 25, 30 points, and that ends up being the difference. Mm-hmm. So it basically just gets down to matchups, not even quality of players, but just straight-up matchups once there's te- uh, four to five teams left in that league. And he's like, it's just crazy. Uh, you never know what's going to happen at the end of the year, and you could genuinely score 220 points and lose. Yeah, or and- you just get a really rough bye week where you're like, well, it yep. is Patrick Mahomes' bye week this week. Yeah. Um. And I happen to have him. And if I have a bad week, I'm gone. Yeah. So like I. I mean, I put some guys on my bench that I'm not gonna counting on keeping at all. Oh yeah. When um, you have that many players that you're drafting, you're basically like, I just need to fill. Yeah. Some roster spots. spots. Yeah. And the basic advice for the guillotine league was safety. You want guys that will get catches. You want a quarterback. You if you can get the tight end advantage, that's a win. Mm-hmm. I uh, definitely don't in mine. Uh, but we had a guy accidentally. He put two guys in his queue last night, and he ended up drafting both uh, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews back to back. Yeah, um, and so he. I mean, he, he went, could probably flip Mark Andrews in he's reality. Trying, he is trying to make a trade. I'm a, I'm a, he needs. I'm a, I forget if it's a running back or receiver, but he needs something. Well, I mean, so. I my starting tight end is Laporta from Detroit. Yeah. I mean, he was a he was going to be my backup before you drafted got, him as your one. My, yeah. my auto draft got me a couple times. I mean, it did get me Fryermuth, I guess, which I that's have fine. in a couple this, leagues. Like for this, that's fine. Yeah, where it's just ugh. get through week one, like just get yeah. through the first week. Yeah, get which, through the first week, and then you what, won't be embarrassed. Which is rough yeah. for me uh, because again, it like drafted Jonathan Taylor second overall for me because uh, obviously nobody yeah. was was picking him, so he was just sitting at the top there. And then, yeah, my uh, my auto draft got me. I feel a lot better about my first uh, guillotine that I did because I was actually able to sit no interruptions with all the moving oh, stuff I've fair. got going on yeah. and was able to like put together a pretty well, pretty solid guillotine team. But quick story before we get to our first one. Last night, I in the middle of the draft, I had because you you know when you got sixteen teams, you're you got fourteen to however many picks before your next one. And Dude, at one point, brutal. I had I had fifteen picks till my next one, and my it was getting dark we started our draft at eight local time so in here it's starting to get dark at eight and my kids were still outside with their friends and my wife's gone so i had to run outside and go like find them and i'm like where the heck are they i'm literally <laughs> running down the street forgot to put on shoes holding and i and, and i left my phone behind that that was the ultimate mistake i know better i should have the draft room open on my phone but i'm running down the street yelling for my kids and this mom is just like she hears me yelling and she comes out and she goes are you okay and i'm like uh i just need my kids i'm in the middle of a draft and she goes what and i was like 
I'm a nerd. It's fantasy football. I'm sorry. And, I, and she's like, oh, my gosh, you're worse than my husband. They're over there. <laughs> and she like points out where they're at. I had to run and go grab the kids and, and come home. I made it back with like four picks to go. Uh, but I was full on out of breath sprinting up and down the street last night. It was pretty hilarious. It oh. is. It is fun, though. And it really pushes you when you have because I think in, in my in my first guillotine league, uh, we had 18 teams. Yeah, because we're doing 18 weeks uh, of football yep. for week one through 18. And uh, and then our um, waiver wire situation is a little bit different from the Yahoo one. Did you do the bid? Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a bid. You get like a thousand dollars, like of their whatever currency for the season to do a blind bid on players yep. for the waiver. And it's going to be really interesting. I'm I'm really excited. And we just did like obviously these drafts aren't as like dialed in as a regular fantasy draft. It's more of just like a for fun yeah. kind of thing. But it, I don't know. It's really interesting. I, anybody who's listening, give it a shot. There's Absolutely. still some time to get some draft stuff in before next week. If you want just like a for fun. Um, That's what this is for me. Like, yeah, I'm absolutely. not really like, like there's a certain league that I'm like way into that I want to yeah. excel yeah. at. Like I've this got, one I'm like, I'm back up in the B happens. league now. I'm back up in the B league so now. I, yeah, and, and so and like, like, I gotta, I gotta be yeah, locked in. Three of you guys. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not but, gonna tell any of my plans. No, my, I know my, Mike was even being a little careful with me. He's like, you can't say anything to them. So like oh. I, he wants to keep it from you guys too. He's he's like trying to figure out exactly what to do. But it was it was totally different. I will just say about the drafting, completely different than any other way that you draft. Because again, you don't want you don't want to be gone in weeks one or two or three. You just you don't you want to save mm-hmm. yourself from the fantasy embarrassment. Yeah. If you're good at fantasy football, like that should be for me. It's my my biggest concern. I know I will probably lose. The likelihood is. Because I'm, it's one. I'm one of sixteen people. So there's mm-hmm. a very good chance I don't win this league. I just don't want to take last in this league. You just don't want to I be the sixteenth. I, I do yeah. exactly, but I do think one guy in our league pretty much set himself up to fail, and that was the guy that drafted DK. In Bro, the I laughed so place. hard, oh, dude. No. When the draft, when He's I saw a that Bronco go through, fan. I don't even understand Bro, what when his I saw that go through. Was. I just full on was like. <laughs> Like, are you on, serious? Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm not losing the week. week yeah, week I mean, one. well, that's the other thing about this league is like you can't draft players where you would think you normally to draft them. No, no, you, this you're is not have a, probably 20 picks in between your next pick if you're yep. lucky when you're not like doubling up wherever you happen to be in the draft. Because I think I was like fourth or fifth or something like that. So I had quite a ways until my next. Yeah, pick. that's why I reached and in if a people couple start spots. going. You're just like, well, I guess I'm I'm screwed if somebody all of a sudden starts. I, that's taking why it's so interesting. Quarterbacks, you, you, know? you really can't follow your usual tactic that you would do. Like I'm a guy that likes to go like pretty much like running back heavy early on. But it's not like this. I'm like if I if I don't at least grab, grab one wide receiver here, the drop yeah. from this guy I want to get to what's below him is pretty, pretty huge. Well, and, and almost every guy that's professional level at guillotine will tell you the zero method is for running backs is the way to go. That's what they will really? tell you. So I did all my research. I'm telling you, I oh, did. I did, I did, I did I wanted zero to know. research going into yeah. guillotine. And, yeah, same. And they will, they will tell you it's because of the injuries. Yeah. Because you, you survive, you survive those initial weeks by getting your steady, uh, cause we were in a half point PPR. Um, but you, by getting your steady catches and your PPR points and they're like, those are the guys that will get you through you uh, running backs are fine to be boring. You just want the guy that's going to be healthy and get you 10. Mm-hmm. He's like Najee Harris, super valuable as a second running back in, in guillotine leagues. Yep. Uh, that is what he will get you. Even, even a Joe Mixon, um, will, would be that guy. Obviously he's had blow up games and better well, years well, I think last I year, ended but up getting, Cause I was like, I have Jonathan Taylor. I need like as many, like yeah. now I need an extra running back 
Yeah, on and top I of mean, how few there are to begin with. So that was their advice: is you, you need the guys that are steady points. So I went at. So my first pick was Patrick Mahomes. I was picking at nine, I believe, and and he's like, quarterback is immensely important. You need somebody that never gets hurt. And I'm like, how about the guy that got hurt and kept playing last year? We'll take him. Yeah, um, and still was the boss. As and he's the best quarterback in the league. So like, I I literally looked at all the consistent points and I went, you know, Jalen Hurts gets him in spurts. Uh, Joe Burrow, very consistent on his points per per week. Um, and right above them uh, is Mahomes, who gets it every week. He's going to get you no less than 18, but his peak weeks are incredible. Mm-hmm. But he literally doesn't hardly ever hit under 22. And I was like, okay, well, there's your most consistent quarterback. If the quarterback's most position, uh, the most important position, which is what they tell you in guillotine, go get it. And I was like, all right, it was an easy decision for me. And then I went Alave. I went D-Hop because you want the PPR catches and you want boring consistency. That's yep. what they are. D-Hop is not going to score a million touchdowns. We're probably going to score nine or ten this year. And as we've talked about and as we'll continue to talk about uh, as we do this, like he's going to get his no matter where he is. Yeah. That's just how he operates and, until further notice. And David Carr is a yards guy. I mean, that's that's did I say David. You did. I did. I do that all the time with them. It's my Derek. curse. It's the Joey and Nick uh, show that's over true. here, guys. That's true. Uh, no more siblings in football. It's no more. Stop. They're not allowed. If you're but the anyway, older sibling, you're good. But the yeah, that's that. That's why I did it, and I was just looking at consistency. Again, do it. It's awesome. It's so much fun. We know it's fantasy football stuff. You're going to hear us talk about fantasy uh, at different points probably tonight. We'll talk about some handcuff situations. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the uh, how some suspensions might affect teams. All uh, Jamison Williams. Uh, you're going to hear some different stuff like that as we go. Jamison Williams. I said that right. Yeah, um, you did. And. Uh, uh, yeah, you just know that that's coming, but we really want to get into the AFC. Um, Jameson has drawn the uh, short stick here. He's got to he's got to start with the AFC South. <laughs> yeah, um, we're just gonna get it over with. Yeah, um, we'll just jump in, peel the bandaid off. But but know? if we're being honest, you are a little bit excited about a I couple am. of the storylines and one particular team that we're all excited for because yeah. I mean, uh, it's there, been a I minute. So. It's all football. It's all good. Uh, yeah, it's all fun. Fair. Yeah, like so I don't even, be talking about even football, the worst but. of football. Says the guy who doesn't have to talk about the Arizona Cardinals today. That's just true. saying. That's, That's fair. True. I got some good ones going. <laughs> no. I don't know. I do have to talk just about. Just wait till we get to the NFC episode, and I'll Absolute. be even more. Sad. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah that, that's fair. That one sucks more. But, but here yeah. we go with the AFC South. Jameson's going to kick it off. Uh, AFC let's South. go preview. All right. So I call. I titled this in my notes. I said AFC South. Is it? It's the Jaguars to lose, or is it? Ooh, we'll see some intrigue. Okay. Uh, it's pretty bad, but maybe Bearing it's more lead, promising maybe? than we think. Um, I I'm going to cover the teams. We'll kind of chat about them. I did basically everything in reverse order. So we'll talk about the loser fourth place of the division. Sure. Uh, we'll start with the Texans Okay. And, and go from there. So in 2022, the Texans were three and 13. That was good enough for fourth place in the <laughs> division there. Um, Very journalist way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough for fourth place. <laughs> yeah. Um, this offseason, obviously, some pretty big stuff happening over there. C.J. Stroud, most notably. Will Anderson, also in the first round. Pretty crazy back-to-back picks uh, was, for, for mm-hmm. an organization there. That was awesome. Um, they also went through... Uh, I wanted to like note some players, but not too many, because there are some that aren't necessarily key ads, I would say, or key departures, as we'll get into kind of as the structure for this. But uh, they also did end up adding Shaq Mason, Jimmy Ward... Dalton Schultz, Robert Woods, Devin Singletary, Sheldon Rankins, Shaquille Griffin, and then obviously Coach D'Amico Ryan stepping in there. Um, Love him. Probably, uh, aside from quarterback, the biggest addition to that team. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
to me, that's probably one that's going to pay dividends long term. Um, as we continue to talk about the Texans, I don't see them doing a whole lot this year, but um, I, I think they might be a little bit better than anticipated. Uh, one of the key departures uh, that I at least wanted to note is Brandon Cooks. Um, if anything, just because we know one thing about Brandon Cooks and that he's going to get you a thousand yards each year. Every year. And so I, it, it kind of sucks to see, you know, a guy like CJ Stroud coming in who any, you know, rookie quarterback, especially in a bad spot, uh, and, and even with a rookie head coach, um, having some reliability at the position is always nice. Um, but I do think that some of those additions that we'll get into here do add some decent value. Um, and, and mostly that's what I want to talk about in the strengths here. Um, Dalton Schultz, I think, is a pretty good safety valve early on mm-hmm. um, in that uh, in that tight end spot for CJ Stroud. Um, they also I kind of want to get into some of my stats here, but I, I want to keep it in order. So I'm trying to figure out how I want to word this. Um, they, they did, I think also upgrade their run game just a little bit. And if anything, it's by adding Shaq Mason, who had a bit of a down year last year, uh, but we know he's a pretty, uh, pretty big guy in the run game for them. Robert Woods, obviously also coming off of a down year in, uh, in Tennessee. I don't think he's going to be a huge threat in the receiving game as much as I love him. He's coming off that ACL tear a couple of years ago. Didn't really do a whole lot uh, last season, like I said, in Tennessee. But we do know that he's also one of the better uh, run-blocking wide receivers. So when you have something like that and then you add some depth uh, behind Damian Pierce in the running game with Devin Singletary to back him up, um, and then having, obviously, some, some pretty talented defensive players over there, but mostly the defensive mind uh, is, is kind of what I'm keen in on here. Um, last wow. season, Laramie Tunsil finished with the best PFF pass blocking grade of any lineman uh pro football focus had it rated as a 91.7 and only allowed 17 pressures in 17 games so strength wise offensive line should be pretty decent uh run game i think with some of the additional uh pieces in the run blocking game as well as some depth in the running game can potentially help um and then having some of that again reliability uh with dalton schultz at the tight end position um, I, I think helps uh, a young quarterback there. Um, the weaknesses, though, um, <laughs> pick pick your poison uh, to an extent. Um, I, I do think that that wide receiver room kind of lacks some explosiveness. Like, who's their one? Exactly. Like, exactly. I, they. I, I mean, I, I asked the question kind of facetiously because we don't know. Yeah. Nobody does. Yeah. And so that that's kind Someone's of going to have to have to be. You have to step up, and, and that's where I don't feel super confident in. Uh, you know, as talented as a guy as, as CJ Stroud is of making a guy a number one, I don't think he's like a, in a position in his career, at least right now, to be able to step into the field and make guys produce. You can't ask that of rookies. You can't ask them to it, elevate others. Yeah, and, and it would be different. Season. It would be different as much as I like D'Amico Ryan's. It would be different if he was like walking into a Trevor Lawrence situation where it's like, okay, all of a sudden I got like Doug Peterson to help me scheme some game. Right. Um, but when you don't quite have that reliability at the head coach, at least from an offensive perspective, and you don't have a, a clear number one receiver, um, to me, that's a pretty big weakness, especially in today's uh, NFL here. Um, and, and while that O-line has improved and the kind of the addition of Shaq Mason there does help the run game, uh, last year they were dead last in generating yards before in contact in the run game at 0.8 yards. Um, and so 
if they are going to have uh, an upgrade to their run game, we need to see it this year. And hopefully Shaq Mason is, is a guy that can help with that. Um, but I, I'm not really liking their, their running attack. Um, they also did not win a single game at home last year, <laughs> for what it's worth. Uh, they were 0-7. And, and then uh, to kind of add to that, uh, that rushing stat there, they were second worst in total rush yards. Uh, they only ran for 1476 last year. And they were also last in rush touchdowns with only seven. And when Pierce had literally almost all of that. And, and Pierce, like, yeah, there was a moment last yeah, year. He was good. No, yeah. Pier- Pierce was legitimately good last year, despite that offensive line not knowing how to push at all. Uh, you know, 0.8 yards on average before contact is obviously not great oh at all. Gosh, um, that's brutal. And Aaron. so, so all things considered, um, you know, they upgraded where they needed to. They did get some decent value in some of those positions again with Robert Woods, just some veteran presence there, I think can help. Um, but overall, I think it's safe to say that their expectations are pretty low going into the season. Um, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, they won't be good right away, but also that's fine. I don't think that needs to be the case for every team. Um, obviously there's a stigma around drafting a, a top quarterback like that and wanting to just step in and be the guy. And then if he's not that guy immediately, just start getting flamed. But I think there's one thing that we learned, especially watching Trevor Lawrence, is like you can't always take that first season and just say, oh, that's going to be him. Uh, we, we need some time. And I have, I have some faith there. I think D'Amico can be the guy. I think the players are going to love him. I think he's going to put together a really solid defense at the end of the day. Um, but I, I think it's a little too soon for them. I think it will pay off, but I'm not, I'm not super stoked on watching them this year. But I do think they'll have their moments. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to be uh, beginning of 2022 Pittsburgh Steeler football uh, by any means. I, I think they'll at least be enjoyable to watch in some uh, aspects, but um, definitely, uh, I think, going to pull up for last place in this division. Well, I, I mean, I had a couple of things that stood out that were really small in looking at the team. Um, they were already pretty thin, and as of right now, they're, they've got five offensive "Quote unquote starters, um, you know, or in and or, or second tier depth uh, that went to the IR, um, and uh, of that, four of them were on the offensive line. Uh, one was a prospected starter, left guard Kenyon Green, uh, Troy Harrison, uh, their fullback went out as well. Like they they lost their swing tackle Killian Zire. Um, so like just really concerned, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh. I will say that they do have some good tackle depth, but like they're just not healthy yet. Um, and, and super concerned. I, right now they're, they're standout wide receivers projected to be previously insanely injured. Robert Woods. Exactly. Um, you know, that that's their standout Nico Collins after that, uh, tank Dell, uh, would be, I would, I'd say their next, their next guy. Like they've got Noah Brown listed as a starter above tank, but I think that's a matter of time. Well, um, honestly, probably their their yeah. second best pass catcher is probably Dalton Schultz. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, no, absolutely. I, and like I he, he is definitely an bit. underrated tight end. Like he has some great output, yeah. but also when he's your second best option, I think it shows how weak that your pass catching pass catchers are. Right. If he's your yeah. second it, best it's option. It's different if your second best option is a tight end and it's Kelsey or right. it's Andrews or it's even like a Pitts or something along those lines. Or Waller. But, sure. Yeah. yeah. But um it again not a lot of explosiveness there, uh, which no. is a concern for me. Um, but again, baby steps here. And I think with CJ Stroud, if he can at least prove to be a serviceable quarterback, 
Um, it, it's not like the the Texans are going to be so good to where they're not going to start getting draft picks again. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I'll, I'll um, touch on one other little, major thing little rebuild before uh, before we move on. This team has forty million dollars in dead cap this year. Mm-hmm. Forty and twenty two of it comes uh, from um, the aforementioned Brandon Cooks. Yeah. They gave up twenty two million dollars letting him uh, take off, and you know, like of their like top uh, six contracts, two of them are C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. Yep on the on this roster, mm-hmm. so they're not spending money. I mean, Laramie Tunsil makes five times what Derek Stingley Jr. does, and Derek Stingley Jr. is the second highest contract on this team. This is insanely young, and mm-hmm. it can only get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I will still say. They got some ballers on defense. Like, oh, Jim, yeah. Jimmy Ward came over from the Niners for them. Yep. Will Anderson is going to be great. Yeah. I, I, what a great fit for. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think a know, great Ryan's head coach pairing as well for a yeah. guy like that. I really think, too, so. that Domingo Ryans is going to get something out of Stingley. He did not have an exciting year. What did they draft number three two years ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something yeah. really Five. high. Something really high. I think it was three. Uh, he would, I mean, for the most part, a pretty disappointing year for what yeah. they were expecting him to do. They're expecting him to be like, you know, the second best cornerback in that draft um, right behind Sauce. And that wasn't the case. And there was a hit a lot of bad games. Um, so I think they're they're probably hoping to get more out of him in his second year. Yeah, get a little I, more comfortable in that position. I love that they got so many guys on prove it contracts. So that'll be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, see what they can do. And and Ryan's man, that personality makes up for a lot. He is a player's coach for sure. Mm-hmm. And that defense is going to hit you in the mouth. Yeah. Guaranteed. And so, I mean, see what you happens. know. Down the line, again, because I think this is a team that's kind of setting themselves up for the next few years. Um, not only, you know, team-wise do you have some talent there, but when you have a coach like D'Amico Ryans that players want to play for, and also it's not really in, you know, has anything to do with the game, but you will also play in Texas. And if yeah. players like your coach yep. and they want to play in Texas and not have all this tax stuff going on. Yep. You Plus know, it's a great, it's a, pl- it's a place to play, man. It's a place to play. People um, love their football, so let's go. and I, obviously there's been stars there in the past, JJ Wad, and yeah, you know, so yeah, it, there are a few. There's a, at least a couple years away, I think, in my opinion. Um, but no, no need to explain it. Over unders at five. What? It, which? What, you going I, over? You under? You take it? I'm gonna go over. You take the six. I I, I yes. I take six wins. I take under. Um, the how, how, how many did they have last year? Were they was record four? They, four they four were three and thirteen last oh, year. Three, three and fourteen. Yeah, they can double their win total. Hundred percent. I probably mistyped it. Yeah. Okay. Hundred yeah. percent. They can double their win total. I I I like them in the sixth range. I I also like them just to be in a lot of games. So like you know they they su- surprise showed up to more than one last year. Uh, for it, sure. If you Stuff want to been, uh, not in. Uh, again, not to get too far ahead about the the other division that I'm running about, but uh, the AFC South plays the NFC South this year. Okay. So there's some um, shots. So like yep. you have a lot of bad teams playing each other yes. potentially. I like six. Um, and so you just have to you think: mean, do all these bad teams beat up on each other, or yeah. do a couple of them maybe rise to the top, and then the rest of them kind of fall down to the bottom? So it's like a, it's See, a really weird spot. You expect them to compete, compete in games, but you're still saying four. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say okay. I'm gonna say four max out at five because if the line was like five and a half. I'm still taking the under with like the peak being at five games, but I don't really. Well, well I think I know what your next team's going to be. 
I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure that it just change it, just change it. Pick a different team. Shut your face. The team that I'm going to talk about next. Yeah. Well, I mean, I told you before we started. That I, I was remember. going in reverse order. I know. So, so that would be the Colts. Yeah. Okay. That was, that was my. That was who I had. Who in 2022, the year of our Lord and Savior, went four. <laughs> <laughs> um, they only won four games. Good enough. Good enough for third place. Third place, baby. Good enough for third place last year. Um, now this team is actually was a little bit more fun to to research and write about because admittedly as i was going through the the text and stuff i was like oh geez let me just get this one out of the way um obviously key ads for this team this year kind of starts with anthony richardson absolute freak uh, of an athlete uh, i did also want to note gardner Minshew, and really the reason i put that there is because even though anthony richardson as we now know is going to be their guy going into the season if something weird were to happen, knowing that you do have a somewhat reliable backup quarterback situation there is better than what it could be. Yeah, um, and sure. I mean, there, there was that time where people were saying it should be Gardner Minshew starting. I'm saying season. it right now. Um, <laughs> nah, I would nah, rather have Gardner out there. I want to win games. Well, no, I, I, I well, yeah, I mean, a, nah, we can talk afterwards. Yeah, about that, I mean, maybe they statement. also don't want to, but yeah, um, I would prefer with, if you're going to start the season and you don't have any inclinations of actually winning this year, you may as well get your guy in and just start him. Um, sure. But mostly the reason I like that uh, is because they did bring in head coach uh, Shane Steichen, who, as we know, was the Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator last year. Um, and so thinking about, you know, the kind of stuff that they were running there with Jalen Hurts over in Philadelphia. Now you have a, a freak athlete who is going to get a lot of running under him uh, with Anthony Richardson this year is actually pretty exciting. Uh, they did also bring in Josh Downs, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, Samson Ebukam, who came over from the 49ers, previously yep. a Ram, uh, brought over there as well. Um, key departures. I When I had originally put my notes on, I put Jonathan Taylor question mark. Um, <laughs> but as we now know, he was not traded, but is on the physically unable to perform list. And will for sure be out for the first four weeks of the season. Which, Which can we just say it again? Yeah. All running backs, would you like to make 10 or $12 million or $0? Those are your options. I understand fighting for something you believe in, but you're going to lose. Billionaires win at this mm-hmm. game. And, you serve at the pleasure, honestly, man. I mean, Nobody's going to protect you. It, it sucks. Sorry. It sucks, but... There has to be a point where there is that realization that like the value at the position is not what it was before. And it won't be. And you're not necessarily getting paid on your talent alone. You're getting paid off of your value at the position, which some guys are obviously going to be incredibly valuable. Guys like Christian McCaffrey, what they can do in an offense is going to be invaluable in today's league. Whereas even a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who's not necessarily like a big bruiser, old school type running back, He's your kind of prototypical running back. And honestly, it doesn't have the value that it used to, yeah. which again sucks, but it's a realization that, you know, it, it happens in all markets of life. It's not just a sports thing. It's not just a running yep. back thing or an athlete thing. That's but just also, how it works. Colts are stupid. Yeah. Oh, no. They, it, Jim Mercy is an absolute moron. If, oh, yeah. I think if it's any other, well, not, maybe not any other owner, shut, but if it's shut, any shut, other shut owner. Your stupid mouth. <laughs> This probably is not happening yep. if, it, if it's like any yeah. other realistic owner. Well, just in, he started it. The whole situation exactly. is insane because they don't value him enough to pay him. 
but also they're they, asking for a first it. round they, pick at the same it. time. So which one is it? You know, which, which like, thing is true? And again, I I just think too. You just spent your their third overall yep. pick on a quarterback who, by all accounts, we all know is raw. How mm-hmm. do you, how how would how do you best help your young quarterback? Uh, you you give him someone to hand the ball to. Yeah, uh, we know we know they're not this, helping him on the offensive line necessarily. No, dear <laughs> lord, no. No, the offensive line was terrible last year. But not, but it, it, it's so st- it's so dumb. It's aggravating. It's um such because a also he's he is easily like I mean last year he had a down year. Last year he did. Mm. He was like everyone's number well, one. Yeah, pick. but he's coming off. I mean he he played hurt. We he, know he, he played he hurt. He played hurt. He but did. like I mean two years ago, oh man, that dude was awesome. Yep. Like he was a friggin' stud. Yeah. And, and, and this you is want the him year. on your team, and this would be a year to. Like you pair him with Anthony Richardson, like you get something going. Michael Pittman is a good wide receiver, maybe not great, but he's good. Like that big, big body guy at the very least. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, he's he should be getting seven, eight catches a game. Yeah, that should be normal. Should be clipping a thousand yards or close to. But yeah, the the whole process, the way they're going about it, is so, so stupid. Bad. And yeah. they're just shooting themselves in the foot. And also probably ticking off the rest of their teammates. Like Jim Mercy is not helping anybody out. Just in just for the record, this is Le'Veon Bell 2.0, though. Yeah. I mean, he did it, do that no, that it, part of it true. to himself. It's true. This and, is Le'Veon Bell 2.0. And you know, you watch what happened to Bell after that. You kind of bet he, on yourself, sit out all that time. And shocker, out. you don't have. You know, you're not keeping up was, with the he was speed nothing. of of the game. Yeah, he was absolutely he was nothing. a shell of himself. And yeah, you're just a shell of yourself after dominating. And, and who knows what offense he's going to end up in? Because this offense was predicated on him doing well when he was doing well. And where wherever he ends up, I mean, after this, it because he probably he's not going to play for the Colts next year. I can't imagine. I can't no. imagine how anybody sees that happening unless the Colts are just like franchise tag. <laughs> but. but I mean, he would he literally have to, have to sell the team for yeah. him to even have a chance. But I mean, like, that. just wherever he goes, is it going to be predicated on him, or are they going to put him in a share, or what are they going to do? Probably put him in a share if you're a weirdo. If you start acting like he acted in this process, no team's just going to trust you to be their guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're going to be in a share. That means you're not making more than six. Exactly. You're not. And that's half of what you'd make on that tag. Like, you're not going to get the contract you want. Move forward. You may as well play. Yeah. And prove now, your worth. Yeah, because no. next year the tag's gonna be fourteen, because of the way they moved the bar. It's mm-hmm. gonna go up to twelve between twelve and fourteen. My bad. And I don't want to put yeah. like all of the blame on him because I understand, you know, there's a lot of shady things that can happen in the business that is sports. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, go and and play. Yep. But I think to me the you know selfishly as a fan, um, what makes me most upset about that whole situation is imagine him in a run game that. Steichen could concoct with Anthony Richardson yeah, and absolutely. Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, even with a poor offensive line, you just have so much going in the RPO that you can do. There's just such a threat on the ground there that it's, you know, without the offensive line, it's like a, an Eagles light with a mm-hmm. bigger, more athletic quarterback and a worse line and probably a better running back for being honest. And when he's healthy, the, the, yeah. the comparison that I had for him and, and I, and I understand like I'm digging into my, my own pot here, but like, this is, it looks like Kaepernick and Gore, like Kaepernick's rookie year. Like mm-hmm. that, that's the quality I feel like Jonathan Taylor is at the moment. Like, and, and granted, Taylor has slightly different game and catches the ball better than Gore did for sure. But like, 
that's the type of flow that you could have to that offense. And that was, you know, that's two NFC championship games. I mean, you know, partnering those guys mm-hmm. together as long as you got a good offensive line in front of them. So yeah, just saying yeah. like that's, that's a great combo. Like, and, oh yeah. And absolutely. stylistically you feel like these guys would fit well. And that's a bummer. That's not a, that's a bummer for football at the end of the day. Like regardless, you know, if they would have been good or not, that's not a team that you're super excited to suit up and play that week when you're going to have, you know, how whatever Anthony Richardson's size metrics were, yeah. you got him and then you got Jonathan Taylor both running down your throat. That's not a fun time. I can't imagine playing that guy when he becomes a 60% passer in the league. Like he, it, if he was at 60% mm-hmm. with Jonathan Taylor next to him and that offense is starting to develop forward, man, bummer. Yeah. yeah. But it's, I know we got, we're going to keep moving, but dang. But yeah, that was, that was my big key departure. Obviously they, they lost guys like Stefan Gilmore, who's, you know, a little bit past his prime at this point. Um, and then obviously a guy way past his prime from last year who's no longer there, Matt Ryan. Uh, even though he's not Bye-bye. technically retired, but you know, um, <laughs> can't but retire. Can you really money. call him a key departure? Uh, well, he's just a big name, so yeah. I figured I'd put him there. You know, I'm kind of reaching. Um, strength of this roster, though, like I said, the Anthony Richardson upsides just with his athleticism and Shane Steichen's scheme around that athleticism. And even though he's not most accurate in the short game, he does have a huge arm. Um, so we'll see how that maybe opens things up again. If you have Jonathan Taylor and him in an RPO and then it opens up those big shots in the game, that's like super exciting football to watch. Unfortunately, we're going to have lesser running back play there. Uh, And even though that O-line isn't great, um, one of the strengths of the team is that Richardson just doesn't really get sacked. Uh, Coming into the draft, his pressure to sack ratio was 9.2%, which was 11th among the 140 qualifying quarterbacks. For perspective, uh, Bryce Young was 33rd overall at 12.5%. Stroud was at 40th uh, at 14.1%, and Will Levis was 130th at 26.8%. Um, so just to put that into a first-round quarterback perspective there, he just doesn't really get sacked even though they don't have a great line. So that, that certainly helps. Um, and then another thing that I wanted to put as a strength, even though it doesn't necessarily affect the game right now, is they weren't big spenders this offseason. So next season, they're projected $78 million in the cap. So that's another one okay. of those situations get where get your QB some help. Exactly. So that's where, again, it kind of builds into my theory. We have a young quarterback. Just let them play. They're not going to have any expectations for this year. Next year, potentially, now that you'll know what you would have by letting Anthony Richardson get the snaps, you've got some money. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't think any of that $78 million is going to go into Jonathan Taylor's pocket at any point <laughs> in that, as we've talked about. Um, and then weaknesses is just defense in general, particularly the secondary. Uh, it's very thin. Uh, they are, you know, fairly solid in the front. Obviously, they got some big names there. Um, but to me, the weaknesses really started in that secondary. Um, they were dead last uh, last year in uh, DVOA, just period, um, including the 32nd ranked defense by DVOA. They allowed 25.1 points per game in 2022, which was 28th in the league and only average 17 points per game on offense, which was tied for 30th, uh, which, by the way, we slandered Denver a lot last year for their offense. Um, that was only 0.1 points per game better than Denver, who Ooh. was dead last, um, which was also down uh, from 26.5 points per game in, in 2021, uh, which was eighth in the league. So obviously last year was a big dip in offense and defense at that point. Um, but, it, you know, even... You know, Stefan Gilmore in the backfield for what he was worth last year was not really enough to make this defense any good. And so his departure only makes that secondary even more thin. Um, 
overall for me, this is a team that is kind of has like a sneaky must watch potential. Um, you know, I don't yeah, kind of put it in like NBA league pass terms where when you watch NBA league pass, you're kind of watching those teams. There's like, I'm going to watch the Oklahoma city thunder on league pass. Cause they never get big games, but they're kind of fun to watch to me. That's kind of what the Colts might be this year. Where it's like, let me tune in, see what the Anthony Richardson can do. Let's see what Steichen can cook up. Um, but I don't really have, uh, you know, huge expectations outside of that. Again, most of what I was writing about was what's the deal with Jonathan Taylor. But as we kind of now know, that's not really going to help and, and, you know, help curate a dynamic backfield there. Uh, I'd still fully expect their defensive unit to probably be bottom five, uh, if I'm being honest, but that utility that provides uh, that Richardson provides uh, can open up a playbook that I think is a little bit fun to watch, even if I don't think they're going to win a whole lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. So the um the I got the the over under on them is actually the same as the Texans on win loss. Um, I'd like I'd like to actually be on the take here. I I would I'd be pulling the five, so I'd be right at it, and that would be me. That's, um, that's what I'm thinking personally. You're on the five, mm-hmm. five, and yeah, I think I think we're all about there. I so I expect this actually to be the last place team in the division. That's I did too. just with the Jonathan Taylor drama, all that. I just feel like Houston organizationally is headed forward. These guys are all over the place at the moment, That's fair. but they do have a quarterback. They have no clear path. potential. Yeah, right. There's yeah. no clear path. The Texans are, are setting here. themselves up for the years to come, and yeah. nobody really knows what's going on. I do like head coaching situation. Again, you have two rookie head coaches here sure. between the two teams, and well, I like what both of them are going to bring to both of those teams with what their strengths are. Um, but it's yeah. yeah, it's kind of a disaster otherwise because of that Jonathan Taylor situation. If Jonathan Taylor is playing, I'm honestly thinking, can this team like win six, seven, he's, eight games? He to, and that just says he's worth two games by himself. Yep. Yeah, I do believe that. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, and we we had seen that in years past when we had Derrick Henry popping off, um, yep. and we're like, obviously Derrick Henry is the best back in the league. Man, like fourth quarter Derrick Henry, but, just but then over Jonathan the game. Taylor starts having those games. You're like, hold on, is this guy actually the best running back in the league right now? Um, so also incredible transition there, sir. I know uh, because I know where we're headed because we are going to the Tennessee Titans who were seven and 10 last year, which was good enough for second place in the division. Um, key adds to them, Deandre Hopkins, uh, Peter Skaronsky at tackle, uh, Sean Murphy bunting, actually Andre Dillard at tackle as well. Arden key and Aziz Al Shair, uh, key departures for that team. Taylor Lewin, uh, sadly, um, probably going to be done playing football for a while, maybe done for good with some, uh, some ACL stuff. Robert Woods obviously left, not really a key departure, um, but a guy that's no longer on the roster there. I think the strengths for this team are pretty simple. You have coach Vrabel, you have D hop and you have King Henry. Um, and I think probably one of the most underrated or at least not so talked about defensive fronts um, absolutely destroys people. Blue collar. They're the they're the blue collar defensive front. They're it, the Mike Vrabel defensive front. Exactly, front. exactly. And and to me, they're one of those teams where as long as you have a coach like Vrabel, going to coach the crap out of those guys. Uh, you're going to have a guy like D Hop who's always going to get his. You're going to have a guy like King Henry who's always going to get his. And always. you still have a guy like Traylon Burks who, as a number two, even though he's young, he's not a guy to you know just uh, you know stay, stay healthy, bro. Exactly, stay healthy. Um, so. Um, some of the weaknesses there, though, uh, admittedly, would still be that offensive line. And I also want to put in the quarterback play. Yep. Um, those two kind of go together. Tannehill obviously isn't like an elite quarterback, but he's a guy who, you know, a la Jared Goff, if he's got a clean pocket, like he can go and he can produce, he can get the job done. And obviously with D hop, it makes his life a little bit easier. Uh, and then when you can just turn around and hand the ball off. 
Um, but when you put two of those together, those are my biggest question marks for that team. Uh, again, last year per pro football focus, the Titans ranked last in pass blocking grade at 53.7 and allowed the fifth most sacks in the league, uh, which was 33. Um, are those upgrades at you know their offensive line enough to keep them upright? We'll see. I'm not super confident in that um, because if Tannehill goes out, then obviously we know their quarterback play just falls off a cliff. Malik Willis was certainly not ready for it last year. Um, and I don't think Levis is going to be any more ready for it either. Um, so, uh, and also additionally to go to that defense, um, back again, talking about weaknesses, as good as their front is their secondary allowed the most passing yards, which was 4,671 last season and tied for the most second passing touchdowns at 29. Um, I would not have guessed them in that position. If you, I mean, seriously, it might've taken me 20 guesses to get to them. Yeah. I mean. That to me, that's kind of the formula for how did a team like that end up seven and ten, despite you know the ups and downs in their season yeah. uh, and missing the playoffs. Because um, obviously Henry still had an amazing year last year, um, and again that defensive front is so intimidating. But they could basically just get picked apart at any point, um, and and so that's a a big weakness for me. I, I don't know if the presence of a of a guy like Sean Murphy Bunting is enough to really kind of help you know, tie that up, but it's at least some veteran presence in the secondary there. Well, and I think too, we had talked about the Titans last year, or I know I did. And I brought up, we were talking about, I think about, gosh, I want to say it was towards the end of the season and how they didn't have a great season. I believe their leading receiver was Robert Woods with like 500 yards. It was not great last year. Their wide receiver output was Terror. I think it was the 32nd. Yeah, because Burks went down early. Burks went down, and yeah, then no one else. And yeah. then, well, and then, it was and then Tannehill went down at the end of the season, too, which only submarine that part of the I season. I mean, obviously, when, with a team yep. that has Derrick Henry, they're not a pass team. Yeah. But you also shouldn't have your leading receiver only have like five or 600 yards. Mm-hmm. That is fair. Yep. That's not, not going to win you games. Um, and my last little note here um, they were technically a bottom five offense last year with yep. the worst rated O line. And despite that, uh, Derrick Henry still ran for 1538 and 13 touchdowns. And D Hop last year only played nine games last season, uh, but put up 64 catches for 717, which actually paces out to about 120 catches, 1355 yards. Yep. Yep. So all things considered, those are guys that you can rely on no matter what. Um, even despite that that play there, uh, and the defense did allow the least rush yards in the league last season because of that front 1307 and just under three and a half yards per carry. So overall, um, I think the Titans pose the biggest threat to who we'll talk about next in the division with the Jags. Uh, and in my opinion, it really comes down to that O-line. They can keep guys clean, keep guys upright, and not allow a bunch of you know uh, passing <laughs> as well on the other side of the ball. I actually do feel pretty pretty good about them uh, because of those core three of D-Hop, Henry, and Vrabel, um, and that defensive front as well. So that's kind of the big kicker for me. Well, I think, I think too, like... D hop has proven that it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. He will get his like, he's probably, I think if we probably were trying to find the stats, he's probably played with the most quarterbacks. Like probably, I mean, cooks. Oh, cooks. Maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. I would put but cooks okay. On it, in in but... one stop. D hop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One I team. Mean, it was like, a, yeah, they were, they were just bums. He was they were throwing the ball and he yeah. would get 1500 yards, door, man. Yeah. But, and so it doesn't. And that's why I think that's, that was a great get for the Titans, because they're who knows who their who knows who their quarterback's going to be yeah, by week eight. And he's only three point three on the cap this year, by the way. Uh, his contract comes in next year when was when is uh, or when all of Tannehill's money is coming off. Yeah. Tannehill's only nine million dollars next year. That would be straight dead money on a cut. This is a team that right now has 40 uh, on the dead cap. 
they uh, this year, but next year, almost nothing. Mm-hmm. So they can afford to drop Tannehill and move on if this does not work out this year. That said, um, this team's over-under is sitting at eight. Um, and I think that's a really accurate number. Mm, They're probably really going to get three out of four of those lower tier conference wins. I, I could see a Houston sneaking a game. Mm. I think they're going to beat the Colts twice yeah. uh, as it stands. So that in mind, um, I'll go first again. But if I could, I'm, I'm doing the take. Um, and I just bet on the number. Uh, if you if you really push me, I, it, we're always going to say Vrabel's just too good of a coach, right? Yeah. So I'd take the over. But I, I'd love to do the take at eight. That's where I think this is. I, I, I think they'll probably... I, what's their schedule looking like? They they, t- they're on the weaker end, so they've got okay. a they've got a top eight favorable, I believe. And okay. again, they're they're playing the NFC South this year, just like yeah, everybody else. That's why. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll probably take them at nine. Yeah, I to me this is a a single digit win team. Yes. Um, but it's more in that eight to nine. Yeah. Maxing out there, and then it might be good enough to sneak into a wild card there. But as we know, the the AFC is pretty top heavy. Um, so it's a tall ask to do that if they can't win the division. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, eight, eight to nine wins is kind of where I'm feeling with them. Well, as well. And I think it's accurate because you are playing. I, I mean, if you think about it, you've got six, six games against, you know, the end division. So against the AFC South, you've got four games against the NFC South. That's 10 right there. And you, you can't tell me you'd be shocked if they won seven. Exactly. You cannot no. tell me you'd be shocked. If they won seven of those. So, I mean that that's pretty awesome. It's everybody else outside those two divisions that got to no, play. Exactly. I'd be real exactly. curious if we looked back at this at the end of the year what that would look like. But uh, and again, especially noting as quarterback dominant as the AFC is, to have probably one of the worst secondaries in the AFC, especially last year. Who knows what it'll look like this year with some slight tweaks? But that does not bode well uh, in the AFC, no matter what. Even if you do sneak into the playoffs. You're going to be playing basically the best quarterbacks in football with one of the worst secondaries in football. So not a good look. But moving on to wrap up the AFC South, my favorite, maybe one of my favorite non-Rams teams, the Jaguars. Last year, nine and eight, which was good enough for first place in this division. Want a playoff game? Um, Might be again. Want a playoff game? One of the craziest playoff games I've seen in a long time. Awesome. Um, Absolutely just electric. I, I actually played a show that night. And fortunately, I was able to watch all of the comeback on my phone, so waiting good. for everything to happen, and it just put me in the best mood. Dude, to go I was in play. the. I remember I was in the movies. I saw the score. Chargers were up by however much, and I'm like, okay, that's what I expected because we all thought the Chargers were a much better team. Yep. I still think they. I mean, they on paper probably were. Yeah. But yeah. um, then I, I get out of the movie and I'm like. What? And I see like 40 texts from you guys. Oh. And I'm like, what the crud just happened? It was, and it took me forever to find out what happened. I was like, so oh my good. gosh. It's one of those like out-of-body sports experiences. And we got a couple of them last year, but that was probably the bigger one for me. Um, obviously, this is a team that officially adds Calvin Ridley uh, to go. their roster. Um, they also picked up guys. Um, I wanted to note Tank Bigsby here. And really the only reason I even note that, uh, as I'll get into it, uh, later on, Travis Etienne, as good of a running back as he has actually struggled uh, and goal to go um, and red zone rushing last year. So they're hoping to kind of sure that up by drafting uh, Tank in the third round there. Uh, in the first round, they drafted uh, Anton Harrison uh, at offensive tackle there, um, who only allowed nine pressures from 447 passing block uh, snaps in 2022. 
Uh, key departure, not really a whole lot going on there. They did lose Marvin Jones Jr., but it's kind of a wash when you're adding in a guy like Calvin Ridley, who's far more explosive at this point in his career. Uh, and you also lose Jawan Taylor uh, at tackle as well. Uh, obviously, getting into the strengths of this team, um, really it comes down to the Trevor Lawrence-Doug Peterson combination. I think you're pretty hard-pressed to find many better coach quarterback combos in the league. Uh, I don't think you can go much further than like three until you get to them. If we're being completely honest, because obviously number one is going to be Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but then you're going to have some teams who have great quarterbacks and not so great coaches or great coaches, not so great quarterbacks. And uh, you know, if you're looking at kind of the history of the league, who's kind of dominating everything, it's guys like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It's guys like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, you have your off years where you have a guy like Doug Peterson and, you know, um, but uh, now you have Peterson and Trevor Lawrence together. And so that's always a strong start. You have a really solid wide receiver core coming off of a strong finish to last season as well, winning their last five regular season games, uh, showing some resilience just to get to the playoffs and win their division, but more so the resilience to come back in that playoff game to begin with. I think a lot of teams just kind of, you know, tuck their tail and Hey, next time we'll, you know, come back. We had a good run. We got to the playoffs, but to come back and win that playoff game. And, and also I think a lot of people forget playing Kansas city down to a one possession game in the playoffs as well um, is really impressive. And so I think that puts them off to a really great start uh, to begin this season. Um, weaknesses there, um, passing defense. Uh, it's kind of the name of the game. I feel like for a lot of these teams who have weaknesses, it's usually in their passing game because that's what's most detrimental to a lot of teams. They did allow the fifth most passing yards last season, just over 4,000. Uh, and I think another, you know, I kind of, want this to be less of a weakness and more of a, Hey, go, go out and get it. But Trayvon Walker needs to take the leap this year. He needs to be better. Uh, yeah. That pick needs to pay off and they really need him. If they want to take a leap defensively, um, they lost six games last season by one possession. They need to tighten those things up here. Uh, end the game execution turnovers. They put the ball on the ground a lot. Uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't really throw a whole lot of picks. He only had nine interceptions last year, um, but that team fumbled 13 times, which tied for second most. Uh, and a lot of those were end game situations where, especially at the beginning of the season, I had Trevor Lawrence as my fantasy quarterback. And I was like, now is finally the one let's go game winning drives. And then he would get strip sacked or he'd throw a pick at, at I mean, the you, worst you time. Imagine if they cut those fumbles in half, what their record could have been. I mean, he, despite that they had a plus five turnover differential, um, which um, I, I think was good enough for like eighth tied for like eighth overall in the league. Yeah. So when you have teams who, like the Buffalo Bills literally had like a zero turnover differential. So they technically are, are better in some uh, aspects there, but they just turn it over at the absolute wrong times. So it's kind of a bad luck situation and a, Hey, we need to tighten things up in these end of game situations. Um, in the, in the really NFL, every, every turnover is 3.5 points mm -hmm. in the, in the NFL. That that's the difference. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Especially those games that were super close. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even, even despite their, uh, you know, turnovers and their weak secondary, they still did have, uh, 14 interceptions last year. So the ball did kind of bounce their way, uh, yeah. in that regards a little bit, uh, but mostly so we can wrap this up and start moving along here. Uh, I fully expect the Jags to take control of this division. They have the best coach in that division. They have the best quarterback in that division. Uh, they have that newfound playoff experience and fans finally won't show up and wear bags on their heads anymore. Um, just as clowns. And if they do, it's just because they're it's tradition. Yeah, exactly. With clowns with the clown thing a couple oh, years yeah, ago. That's true. Exactly. Welcome to clown town. And, and and again, when we're looking at the AFC, I'm not necessarily saying that the Jags are going to all of a sudden make this crazy playoff push. 
but it really comes down to who who do you have at quarterback? Who do you have at coach? And in the AFC, we know we have a lot of great combinations there, but even guys, you know, like the chargers, like Staley and Herbert. Cool. Herbert's probably right now a better quarterback, but Staley is not a better coach than Doug Peterson is. No, we know this. And so those are the kinds of things that, uh, really elevate this team right now. And you have another full season and a full off season with some playoff experience with both of those guys. Yeah. And then you inject some more explosiveness into the offense. I'm really excited about this team. And I also like Trevor Lawrence as uh, a relatively serious MVP contender this year. Heck yeah. I, I, like I mean, that. seriously, I, I legit agree. I think that uh, when it comes to trade deadlines and that thing, this should be a team. that's a buyer. Yeah. Um, they may have a weakness or two that shows itself over the course of the season, but they've got $18 million to play with here. Uh, they're doing better than the previous two teams. We talked about an overall uh, cap availability. This is a team that is invested heavily in the wide receiver position. Uh, three of their top nine contracts are wide receivers. And two of the top dude, five Calvin are. Calvin Ridley's looked really good Calvin, in the preseason. He's ready to go. Like, I mean, yeah. this is I mean, not, too, a, let's just think this about not a Le'Veon Bell situation. No, 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 that no. dude's ready to go. No, no. and I, oh, I just think, too, like, Last year, they had Christian Kirk, who had output of a wide receiver one. We don't need to talk about that again. We, we were wrong about that. We were wrong. But he, no, they he paid him great. more money. Uh, but Zay again, Jones, you now get him. Well. You now get yep. that kind of ability out of your wide receiver two because Calvin Ridley is going to slot in there as wide receiver one. Absolutely. You still have, they, they were able to re-sign Evan Ingram as that well. That was big for them. Um, yeah, he was great for them. And yeah. I mean, they, they, have, they have genuinely four great pass-catching options. They have a legitimate number one running back. They had was great. Like that offense looks yeah. good. They got a top, I, in my opinion, seven quarterback in the NFL. That's where I have him is in that range. So like, I, I mean, this is a team that's ready to go offensively. It's, I think you touched on very well. Walker needs to take that step um, because Josh Allen needs some help on the other side yeah. for sure. If he can be a game and, record, that's huge. And it, and the middle of that defense has just got to do a better job. Like the, the, they've got to, if it, whether it's blitz scheme, whatever, but dude, totally agree. Love this team. The over under for this team is ten. I'm taking the over. I think they win eleven games this year. I think eleven. Uh, I'm like, I think I'm gonna sit at ten. I see. I'd love. I I love to sit on on ten as well. I've been that way pretty much with all the over unders. But like, genuinely, I don't think. I, I think they're gonna win in division. I think they're gonna beat the NFC South up pretty good. Um, and then I think they're gonna have some getcha games because it's Doug Peterson and the dude's a the, baller of a I think coach. They play the Chiefs this year. Um, but but they've yeah, got, they've got, got a few tough toughies. There. I think they play the Bills as well. Yeah, and and that's yeah. because they were division winner. Division winners play yep. division winners. That's yep. how the NFL does things. So absolutely, they're gonna have some tough ones. Um, but you know, 10, 11's within reach. Oh I yeah, ten's a very practical number for this team, and ten's gonna get it done in this division. Uh, Nine great, probably will. Yeah, like, and yeah, it's I mean, seriously I mean, like nine will based on our predictions. So like, have fun with this team, guys. Enjoy the fact that the Jaguars don't suck. By the way, I hate Trent Ball because he used to be the 49ers GM, and I hate his guts when he was drafting for our team. Um, yeah. But this I, guy I, has I, left I them in an incredible position going forward. Yeah, this is a young team going to get great. They can sign Lawrence next year, and they can give him all the dollars. They've got cap room for days. Um, and they have done a great job building both a young a, a young defense that they have not had to pay a ton of money to outside of Josh Allen so far. Uh, Darius Williams, their corner, is their highest contract on cap right now at 12.5. Like, they are set for a while. So yeah. enjoy this run. I think you've got three, four good years uh, mm-hmm. here for sure mm-hmm. before some question marks start uh, catching up. Great job, Jameson, our first division. Um, we're going to be uh, welcoming in in just a moment our uh, buddy Mike as we take on the next division, the AFC. 
But right now we're going to head into the AFC North, uh, which is Grant's take. He's going to be running this one. Uh, we do want to invite uh, Mike in. Uh, Mike, how's it going, buddy? Not too bad. Not too bad. Having a good evening down here in the smoke-filled uh, Southern Oregon. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we, we all live in Oregon where uh, August, basically our entire state lights itself on fire. Or the state below us does. Uh, or, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Cal- California yeah, yeah, we're, not- we're getting a little bit of both for that down here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so my, Mike lives in an area where, where those winds push it up into him, so he gets the California smoke and the Oregon smoke. Good for you. Um, but, man, we just got done talking about the AFC South, and what I think you would concur with us is going to be uh, led by the Jaguars. And so we're we're really enjoying the conversation. Uh, I know we're excited to get into the North. This is a contentious division. I am really excited Dude, to hear the takes. This is exciting. See what you guys think. I don't think this division has a clear cut winner. I think I think it's competitive. I, it I think a lot of people want to say it's yeah, just yeah. the Bengals division. I totally get it if you feel that way. But this t- this division is going to beat itself up, right, Greg? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, man, hit it. Okay, so instead of last time when we talked about the AFC South, Jameson went in like a certain order of like worst to best. I have no order. I just went with the teams that I was just thinking of first. And so first up, we're going to start with is the Cincinnati Bengals. So last year, their record was 12 and four. They did not get another game because of the DeMar Hamlin situation. So they had a record of 12 and four as opposed to like 12 and five or something like that. Um, so in the offseason, they didn't really do a whole lot. There wasn't a whole lot of free agency that they did. They did do one big move, which I think is really big for this team. Uh, if you don't know the Bengals, their owner is kind of a cheapskate, so he doesn't like spending a lot of money, but they did do that on Orlando Brown. They spent a lot of money on him, so let me pull up their, the numbers right here for him. Uh, he received a signing bonus of $31 million and will carry an average salary of $16 million this year. Ooh. He is one of the better offensive linemen in this league, so they they feel like they wanted to spend that money to continue to protect Joe Burrow. Obviously, they have been doing that's kind of been their job the last couple of years. It's been their main focus, and they have been getting better and better at it as time has gone on. Um, but really, with with a quarterback like like Joe Burrow, all you need to do is protect him, and he will make all the moves. He'll make all the plays necessary uh, to keep them in a situation to win games. Um, so they did that. Uh, a couple other things that happened with this team. They did lose their secondary has been completely overhauled. Uh, they lost Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Eli Apple, uh, and Nick Scott. So they lost a good chunk of their the key guys in that rotation in that secondary. Um, oh, sorry. Nick Scott is someone they added and Sidney Jones, who played with the Seahawks last year time actually a really underrated player really well really good job um in the draft they added uh the edge uh miles murphy from clemson um they drafted him with the 28th pick um someone we were pretty high on here at sportsify we liked him quite a bit and what he could do uh defensively i think that was definitely something that they needed was to kind of shore up that front seven uh for sure um so they were able to do that he has to improve in his hand usage and core strength against the run. He recorded seven sacks and seven QB hits in 2022 in Clemson, but his run defense grade regressed from on pro football focus to 72.8. So it was higher the year before, um, and he's regressed a little bit there. Um, really, this team um, has really been, as far as Joe Burrow goes, goes the Bengals. Um, yep. That's really been this team. Uh, the, he is the second best quarterback in the entire league. Um, 
I was thinking that potentially he may take the number one spot if he beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, um, but he didn't. And so Patrick Mahomes gets to keep that title for now. But I mean, Joe Burrow is incredible. Like he, he makes all the plays. He's got that swagger. Um, they also have just an incredible, incredible receiving core and Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Uh, Joe Mixon had a down year last year, um, but history has shown that he is a one of the uh, higher quality running backs in this league. History has shown uh, again a down year there. Um, they also brought in Irv Smith at tight end, so that's an interesting, um, interesting, I would say, addition to that team. Uh, I think they needed to be a little more spread out in their offense as opposed to being, you know, Jamar Chase and uh, T Higgins heavy. Um, having a tight end catch in the flat, catch up the middle, send uh, Chase and Higgins down the sidelines, opens up that middle for Irv Smith to potentially do some damage. That's a dude that actually is pretty good. He's a pretty good catcher of the football. Um, and so I think this, so he, his final two seasons, uh, his first, sorry, his first two seasons, Irv Smith had 88 catches and eight touchdowns. Um, he's had some injuries the past couple of years that have uh, derailed his final two seasons in Minnesota. But when he's healthy, I mean, 88 catches and eight touchdowns in two seasons, that's pretty good production out of a tight end. Uh, you'd love to see that. You'd love to see Joe Burrow spread the ball out a little more there. Um, Joe Burrow did have an injury. He had an injury in the, uh, in the, in the offseason on July 27th. Uh, Zach Taylor has given almost no information on it, really. He's been pretty, pretty like um, non-formative on it. Uh, but they say he'll be ready week one, but I haven't really said what the injury was. It was a calf injury. Uh, he was carted off the field when that first happened, and that was really scary. A lot of Bengals fans, even ourselves included, were pretty, pretty sad to see what potentially that could have been, barring his injury history. Um, but they say he'll be ready week one. Um, this is this, this team. I think really is 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 poised to honestly win it all. This is a team that this roster is is, is I believe pretty complete. That offense is so potent. Um, obviously, they are going to have to be prepared to back a, a dump truck uh, into Joe Burrow's front yard to pay him. Um, he is going to make all the money. And honestly, they better do it sooner rather than later because that, that price is just continue to go up and go up and go up uh, to pay Joe Burrow. And they also got to pay Jamar Chase and they better do that too. Like, I think this is a team that you're going to have to pay both of them. Right. I really think. Right. And, and, and truth also too, T Higgins is in contract year. Yep. So the, the, I, that I think is actually something that's going to come in to benefit this year's Bengals. Mm-hmm. I don't think, think honestly that T Higgins is playing for this team next year. No, nope. he's the best uh, wide receiver too in football. And yeah. Mind. So, and I, I, I think, I think they were preparing potentially for this being T Higgins last year. Uh, they also drafted Charlie Jones, um, who a lot of people were saying, uh, was a, a, a great steal on the day, thir- day three of the draft of the draft. Um, he had 110, c- 10 catches in three drops, um, his last year in college. That's that's a good number. So uh, I think they're preparing <laughs> for a for for number. a T Higgins departure. Um, I'm not sure where Tyler Boyd's at in his contract situation, but I can't imagine he's he's probably coming up here soon too. Um, but listen, th- where this whole NFC sorry AFC North thing gets interesting, the divisions and the opponents they have to play. The schedule is brutal for every team. For every team, it is brutal. Uh, they play. This is the Bengals. They play the Chiefs, the Bills, the Vikings, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Jaguars, and the Ravens twice. That is eight games against playoff teams last year. Yeah. That is really brutal. Um, I mean, just right there. I mean, the Ravens are going to be much better. Uh, The Chiefs, Bills, that right there. And I'm pretty sure they play the Chiefs 
like they have a stretch where I think they play like the Seahawks, um, the Chiefs, and like the Bills, like in like three games. There's like a three or four game stretch where they're playing these playoff teams last year. Yeah, I know they're playing at San Francisco. Yeah. Like it's it it's it's, a, it's a it's a really brutal schedule for them. And I think this division, um, as we're gonna continue to get into, is really competitive. I, I, I agree with what Matt said that there may not be a clear I, I think there's gonna be a winner. But they're gonna beat up on each other. Like every, yeah. I think every game, even against the weaker opponent in this division, it, they're probably. Not, I don't. I don't envision a sweep of like. I think they're pretty much gonna go three and three in the division, like yeah. just because they play each other. They've got good coaches. Their coaches also haven't changed. There's been almost no change in these teams this off season. Yeah. There really hasn't been. They've had the same head coach, same quarterback as last year, and that's pretty big for teams uh, to continue to have that consistency. Um, and all these teams are talented in one way or any other or the other. Um, so I think the Bengals are a really good team. I really think this could be the year they win it all. Um, like they, there's not a whole lot of holes in this team. I still think their secondary is pretty weak. Like it's the weakest part of their team. But when True. you have a Joe Burrow, I mean, he makes up for some of those things. He really does. Yeah, the all you asked uh, Tyler Boyd's also on contract. Is he here. okay? Yeah, so yeah. there. I mean, you're right. If 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 you're going to go all in on a year, and we mentioned this in one of our uh, AFC South discussions, if you're going to go all in, at, you know, whether it's trade deadline, um, or uh, if you're you're going to go and grab somebody even before the season starts, like his cut downs are just happening, uh, yeah. just to strengthen up a position group. This is the year to do it, and mm-hmm. it's interesting because I think tonight, as we're talking through all these uh, previews, we're going to see that with several teams. The over under on this team is eleven. Mm. Yeah, so I, I I put out their their record, my prediction for the record. I think they're going to have the same wins as last year. I think they're going to hit twelve wins, just because I think the, the Joe Burrow thing is real. Like I think he's just going to win them like two or three of these games against really good teams. Like obviously in the regular season, the Bengals own the Chiefs. They do. Like yeah. Joe Burrow, except for this playoff game, like last last year, he hadn't lost to Patrick Mahomes, and that's why I think that conversation was going to be a thing. Yeah. If Joe Burrow had beat him, he didn't. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the best in this in this league right now. But I mean, Joe Burrow is not scared of anybody. Bengals aren't scared of anybody. This offense is probably the just top to bottom offense, probably the best all around offense in the league, probably in terms of all the all the pass catchers. I know Patrick Mahomes is also incredible. But I like the wide receiver room better than pretty much any other wide receiver room. Uh, Mike, on the over-under, how you feel with that being at 11? Uh, are you on the take with 11? Do you like the over? Where are you at with that? I think with the offensive line improvements that this team will be as good. And, and I think they dominate a little bit more on, the, on, that, on their in-division schedule. I think they'll still hold on to that over say the Steelers and the, and the, and the Cleveland Browns, um, not a silence on the on Steelers as some other people. So I think they'll, they'll hit that over maybe by one game. I, I think that 12, 12, so one you're, mark, with, I think you're is, with Grant on, on no real change. Then you, you like the 12 and five. I like the 12 and five. I, I think okay. it's, that's a pretty solid. It's a pretty solid. Uh, assessment. Jameson. Ooh. Um, I, I might lean more towards 11. But again, it's really only the the math equation of like, how does your schedule look? Yeah. Um, and, and even though we know that, in my opinion, this is probably going to be a team that tops their division. They do have a pretty rough stretch to end the season where you go Ravens, Steelers, Jags, Colts, which, you know, I think that's a pretty winnable game, obviously, for them. And you go Vikings, Steelers, Chiefs, Browns to finish the season, which is not mm. 
a very fun stretch to end your season. I don't. They don't um, have a fun stretch. It, exactly, and that's yeah. you know a couple weeks before that they're going back to back to back with Seahawks, Niners, yep. Bills. Yeah, and so there's a you know a part in the middle of the season there that's not super fun. There either. is to me. There's almost no game that I'm like they're gonna win this game. It, yeah. it, exactly. I mean, they play we, the Texans. They play the yeah, Cardinals. yeah. They put them on prime time like every week. <laughs> like yeah. dang, dude. Yeah. So for that reason alone, I'm I'm more in like the eleven. Um, but that's also because like I, I think you can still win that uh, that division with eleven games. It's mm-hmm. just everybody's gonna beat up on each other a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm probably actually in the eleven boat. It's mostly because of what Grant said. With the the defensive weakness, I do think the loss of Bates is a big deal. Yes, uh, personally, and they and didn't really replace him, and that was that's my issue. So, um, you know, I, I I think that's good enough for a a game, and and with the difficulty of schedule, so I'd, I'd take eleven. Yeah. So, moving on in the division, I'm curious where you're going to take us next. I'm going to the Browns next. Okay, this team is really intriguing to me. This is the most interesting team I think in this division. So last year they went seven and ten. Obviously, they pretty much gave up everything to bring Deshaun Watson onto this team. He served his suspension, came back the last like five or six games of the season. I don't really remember. Obviously, he was really rusty. He hadn't played in almost two years of football. He pretty he held out the year in Texans and he was suspended and all that kind of stuff and all that drama that happened with him. So this team, uh, they decided they, and they didn't even decide, they definitely needed to shore up that interior defensive line. Um, that run defense last year was not good. There's a lot of things that were not good about that team last year. Um, I think the, the drama definitely, you bring in someone like Deshaun Watson, I'm not going to speak to it really, but when you bring in someone who's got this history, he's got this controversy, you gave up as much as you did, you paid him, you guaranteed all of his contract, you did all these things. There's definitely people that that probably upset in that locker room. Probably. Probably people who didn't like it. Maybe some front office people. I don't know. But there's a lot of drama around this team. Uh, but nonetheless, they brought him in. Um, and I really do expect that Deshaun Watson is going to be back to, to the level that we saw him three years ago, three, four years ago. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of get back to that in a second. But on the defensive line, uh, they, they added Dalvin Tomlinson in free agency. Um, they need to do that. They also traded two future late round picks to Minnesota for edge rusher Zadarius Smith, who racked up 84 total pressures last year against the Vikings. Um, that is to replace the loss of Jadavian Clowney, which honestly is a much better, it's a significant upgrade um, opposite Miles Garrett. When you got Zadarius Smith, who can get you 10, 11 sacks and, you know, 80 something pressures on the opposite side of the dude who's pretty much always in the running for defensive player of the year. Um, and Miles Garrett, like a top three defensive player, like Jameson and I were talking about earlier. Um, when you get something like that, like that defensive line, that front seven is just massively better uh, right then and there. Um, they just looking up. So they they brought in um, Dom Thomason. They brought in Zadarius Smith. Their losses really were uh, Jadavian Clowney and Kareem Hunt. Um, and Kareem Hunt, that one-two punch of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt was really dynamic, but also. Nick Chubb can do it himself. He doesn't really need any help there. Nick Chubb is probably the second best running back in this league. He is really good. They also brought in. Ooh, what's that? That's a, that's a conversation. I like that. That's a conversation. I, dude, not that tonight, dude, but that's a I, conversation. Dude, the, the, the proof might be in the pudding. Let's, let's, it, it, seriously. It, let's save that for yeah. another week. They also dang. brought in safety Juan uh, Thornhill from the Chiefs. He was a huge contributor on that team last year. Um, they also brought in center Ethan Posick. Uh, he actually uh, played with the Seahawks for about, I think, his first three or four years. 
couldn't really get it going, but last year was really, really good. Um, right there. Um, oh, where is it? Obviously, in the draft, they gave up all their first and second round picks. The draft wasn't really anything exciting. Um, nothing. I don't think they're really expecting some major contributors. They don't really need them, like, because uh, they've got Amari Cooper. They've got Elijah Moore, who I think it was an underrated trade. Uh, Elijah Moore was a second round pick a couple years ago and was at one point going to be like the Jets' number one wide receiver going forward. And then they decided to not use him. Like, they just didn't use him for anything. And he obviously got upset with that. Obviously, the play of their quarterback and Zach Wilson left much to be desired there. Um, but here, I mean, that secondary has Denzel Ward, who's legit. Um, th- this team is really good. I really am excited for what they could be. I, again, I think Deshaun Watson um, is going to be back a little bit. Um, he, he's now had a full off season. He can now practice with the team. He had not be able to practice with the team being suspended. He has a full off season with, uh, Stefanski, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper. I mean, that dude still can catch like, he's still a really good wide receiver there. Sean Watson is only 27 years old. Yeah. He's only 27. He's turning 28 in September. So he would 28, but like to put that in perspective, I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow's 26. Right. Like and Joe Burrow is an older, older, you know, player coming to this league sure but Deshaun Watson's only 27 years old and that dude when he a couple years ago was probably a top three quarterback in this league like that dude's so good um this team three years ago made the playoffs at 11 and 5 and this roster's better it almost has had no change to it overall no change in the coaching staff um it's got a better quarterback it's got better wide receivers in there because the wide receivers was Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry and Amari Cooper is better than both of them. Elijah Moore probably can be better than them. Um, they've got Njoku there at tight end who can catch like he can, he can catch the football. Underrated, I think, a little bit. Yeah, he's a little underrated there. They've got some pass catchers. They've got one of the best running backs in the league. They've got an extremely talented quarterback. Um, that defense at front seven's good. They got Denzel Ward back there. Uh, they're a little weak in the safety. That's they're, they're a little weak there. Yeah. Um, but I, I again, I think that this is a team that. Uh, can really do some damage. I think they will, again, we can maybe get into their, my, my predictions and things like that here in a second, but I believe this can be a playoff team. Absolutely. I think, and for mm-hmm. me, my, my number, I think they will in 10 games. I, I, well, the, the over under on, on them is, is probably nine. It, it, it actually is at nine. So, um, I could, even- I, I take the over as well. I, I don't disagree with a lot of the points there. Um, I mean, you know, other than I'd love to have the Nick Chubb debate, but like the and, and not because he's bad. I, I I really like Nick Chubb, but but genuinely, I think you're saying all the right things about the passing game. I think that's huge. I I, I totally agree on uh, the defensive end, uh, you know, where they're at and not just the defensive end because Miles Garrett's terrifying, but like they're they're a good, well-rounded team with a lot of continuity, which isn't something you've traditionally said about the Browns. No. Um, they went and got a Pro Bowl kicker today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it was the second time I've said that term out loud today, Pro Bowl kicker. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, like they, they went and uh, they have done a lot of the right things as, uh, as much as they are definitely paying Deshaun Watson $64 million against the cap for the next three years after this. Um, they've left themselves in a situation to win right now mm-hmm. because his cap hits 19 million. They're actually like almost 30 under. So like this is a team that can still do stuff. They could make moves. They can do different things. 
and is going to win games with this roster, and they are no pushover. My question mark is genuinely Deshaun Watson, which I understand that's everybody's. Sure. you got to live up to at least a good chunk of that contract. Um, and you really got to perform. But and I, we've seen flashes, but the consistency is going to be the key for him. Well, I like, would argue that the consistency was there before all of everything happened. Sure, but we need to see it now. And yeah, I, we and, do. We do. Yeah, you, you got to see it now. And I and that's the question mark for me. I totally I do agree with the the safety assessment. You got young guys in there that got to prove it. So that and that's a little scary. I get it, but genuinely, like uh, Deshaun Watson just has to be the guy. He has to. There is no choice. And he's been it. He's you, just beat you again. have leveraged everything on one dude, and yeah. he's got to get it if, done. If we can get like eighty percent of Houston Texans, Sean Watson, that's a pretty scary sight. Yeah, and I think eighty, especially eighty percent with the talent they have around him. Exactly. Sure, and, but it's. I think the numbers for him. He's he's got to clip thirty nine hundred yards. He's got a uh, passing. I agree. He he's got to clip thirty uh, touchdowns. He, he's probably got a his touchdown to interception needs to be. I think uh, be at like least a, two to one. Yeah, I think he'd be um, a twenty five and twelve quarterback with like thirty nine hundred passing yards, maybe a couple rushing touchdowns, and I think that is like a serviceable quarterback play for their team. They they don't need him to be forty five hundred yards. Yeah, they because they have Nick Chubb. They don't need him yeah. to be forty five hundred yeah. yards. They need him to get as close to four thousand. They need him to not throw interceptions. Let Miles Garrett go to work and genuinely give them a chance to win games. But like he has to be the model of consistency, mm-hmm. and that's how this team makes the playoffs. But I do believe in your assessment, man. I I think it's absolutely possible. I mean, I think this division is probably the most stacked quarterbacks. If Deshaun Watson is what what the Browns think he's going to be, this this might be because there's a dude okay. in Baltimore okay. who's who's healthy. Okay. I, well, and I, that and dude in Baltimore, when he's healthy, for like, the, dude. For that argument to be made, I definitely think that Deshaun Watson has come through. I think... Yeah, uh, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because uh, there's this other division uh, that that uh, this this one guy plays in. Uh, pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm going to throw out, uh, yeah. gonna throw out oh. this other AFC division oh, that we're going to be talking about he is, next. He is really good, but there's two question marks in that. Yeah, well, one of the... Which is fair. The guy in Miami needs to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. That's totally Absolutely. fair. Um, you know, Rogers just got to be Rogers, but Josh Allen oh, uh, yeah. turns the corner on that. And, and let's say Mac, Mac Jones is a two to one and hits the 3,900 like yards. It was that could be year? the best quarterback division. Just throwing it out there. And we're not even talking about the AFC West yet. Just for the record. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Worst, yeah. Worst, worst quarterback is in Las Vegas in that division. So like, yeah. I, oh, yeah. that's easy. And 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 uh, and and his numbers are always in that thirty nine hundred two and one when he fin- when he finishes the year when he finishes the year. So anyway, was that again? In a perfect offense for him. Yeah, I guess what's happening next year? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's their quarter- I mean, who's their head coach again? Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that's that's funny. All uh, yeah, righty, you hitting next, man? Uh, next up, we got black and yellow. We got the Steelers yellow, coming Why'd in. Why'd you do that? We're all going to get that song. That's okay. I don't know why. That, I'm just, I'm just looking. I'm just uh, looking at this team, and that's yellow, just instantly what I thought yellow. of. Alrighty, I have some stuff to say <laughs> about my music. Sorry. <laughs> I have some stuff to say about this team. Last year they went nine and eight. They had miraculously, by the way, dude, so miraculously. Miraculous. And I think it's props to Mike Tomlin here. Coaches props to Mike Tomlin. <laughs> that dude is somehow underrated at, as a head coach like still like people don't think of him as they've just been doing it forever yeah it's just yeah. one of these things when you're so good for so long 
you get you get you get kind of forgotten, which is just a crazy sentence to even say. But that's just the case of the NFL. Um, so all right, Steelers did a lot, made a lot of moves. So uh, in the off season, they lost Devin Bush. Great job. Okay. Congrats. That's about all they've really lost here in this off season. Wow. Okay. Um, like of anything big, they they oh wait, they did lose Cameron Sutton too, um, but they didn't really lose a whole lot. And in the off season, they got Allen Robinson, who was not very good last year. But again, I think they're just trying to raise the the floor of the wide receiver room, which already its floor was pretty high as it was when you got George Pickens, when you got Deontay Johnson, uh, you got Washington there, that kind of stuff. But um, so they did that. They also brought in Keanu Neal. They brought in Patrick Peterson. Obviously, they recognized that secondary was a huge issue for them last year. Uh, they also addressed that in the draft. Uh, they drafted uh, Joey Porter, with 32nd overall pick, which is a great way to kick off there the second day of the draft. Technically, if this was any other year, he would still be in that first round pick because it's pick 32, but the Dolphins lost that pick. Um, but they also drafted Broderick Jones with the 14th pick. So they had a really great draft. Uh, their draft, as we had, we had talked about this, it was a really great draft. Uh, one of the better drafts uh, there. Um, they, the huge question for this team is their quarterback. Huge question. So can you pick it in the preseason? I think statistically was the best quarterback. Like I think he had a perfect pass rating. That I I, I think that, that's not good. <laughs> you don't ever want to be the best in the preseason. Okay, well no, but like, but like he he had like I think a perfect passer rating. Had like three touchdowns. I mean, it, no it's picks. better than yeah. being bad in the preseason. Yeah, if you're but bad in like, the preseason, that's not a good. thing. I'd rather be all right. I took a few chances, you know, maybe yeah. threw into a double coverage right. just like, to see. Aaron Rodgers doesn't but, throw picks, but, but no, yeah, he's he valid. Try to yeah, valid. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he had one of the best. I think he yeah I think he almost had a perfect pass rating in the playoff in the preseason. Right there, he's looked much better. He's looked more comfortable i think this this would be a huge year honestly for the future of this team like i think the future because obviously when you draft a quarterback when you're like they did a couple years ago um this is really who who it's about um a full offseason dedicated to him will be huge he's their guy yeah. they've told him that day one last year it was mason rudolph which <laughs> congrats Ugh. like uh don't get me started on the whole trubisky nonsense he's still either. there isn't he well it mitch was, trubisky yeah, it, it was is second it, on their death chart right now yeah it was that. it was mitch trubisky <laughs> That's and fantastic. it was mason Ru- rudolph there pretty sure uh pickett was the was qb3 in that depth chart start of the season um but they actually have a full off season for him now and obviously they tried to help him they they, they drafted some stuff to protect him uh, Najee Harris had did not have a great year last year comparatively to what he had his rookie year, um, but I think he had one run of greater than twenty yards if I'm remembering yeah, correctly. It was, yeah, it was don't talk really, to my fantasy team. About it was really it, okay? bad. I drafted him too. That was rough. But also, there is a dude that is coming back for this team. T.J. Watt, baby. T.J. Watt's coming back. Um, that's huge. I mean, we've talked about T.J. Watt before. Like he can fall on like win you games. Like he, he, he is good for a game or two that he will win you. Um, and that'll be big for them. Um, when he's healthy, when he's healthy, right. Yeah, when he's exactly. healthy. And that's been a problem with the Watt brothers. Apparently uh, they can't stay healthy. Um, all right. This team also really needs a center. Uh, they have pretty much no one at center. Um, they have, I think last year, uh, Mason Cole was their starting center. His best pl- pass blocking grade as a full-time starter was 63.8. That's a below average mark, and he was the, he was our starting center. Currently, Cole's uh, their backup center, a seventh round pick, uh, Spencer Anderson, who just played 382 snaps in college. 
and struggled as a run as a run blocker and could not post back to back fifty plus uh points uh like grades. That that's not good. Uh also, um that's it. That's their two centers. That's Don't it. Like that. Center's kind of an important position. Yeah, so that's a huge issue for this team. Um okay, I'm gonna say it. Some records will be broken this year. La- this past year, we, well, this past preseason, we saw a 23 preseason game w- win streak snapped. We are going to see Mike Tomlin's winning season snap at 16. We're going to see it this I, year. You know, admittedly. Because, because, dude, this schedule is so brutal. I'm it's so, so for brutal. Steelers slander, personally. <laughs> yeah. I'm so for it. Uh, I know this is heartbreak to one of our resident listeners who's a Steeler oh, fan. Man. Um, but. Sorry, Mike Tomlin's winning season streak is going to be snapped. Technically, it should have been snapped because he didn't get a winning season a couple years ago. He went eight and eight and one. But oh man, to our friend Brittany, I I, I don't, feel your heartbreaking. But dude, right like, now they're easily the worst team in this I division. I mean, can I easily. can I say this at least? Like, yes, yeah. they do open up with the 49ers. Bad week for them. Um, but they kind of going through here. They do play the Raiders. They play the Texans. They play the Rams. They play the Packers, but the, I think the Rams they play are the Cardinals. They play the Patriots, which we have whatever. They play the Colts, so it's like there are there are some games in there where it's like I'm not big on the Steelers, but that's I'm a not. little bit weaker than some of the other uh, teams yeah. in their division. But still not fun. No, I'm like I mean, listen, I mean, prove me wrong. Like Mike Tomlin is a great coach. The Steelers always seem able to maximize the talent out of their players every year. Every year, like last three or four years, we've thought this is going to happen. But I think that every team in this division has gotten significantly better, except sure. for them. Except for them, I think they've gotten better. I think they're a better team. But I don't. I didn't see the jump for them this offseason like I did the Ravens, like I did the Browns, like I did the Bengals, or just them being like the Bengals didn't make a huge jump because they were already really good. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think that I'm not really high on this team. Like as other people are, some people are really big fans of this team. I don't see it. Like, I, I mean. Yeah, they got George Pickens. They got Deontay Johnson. And that's about and then and then TJ Watt coming back, but is he gonna stay healthy? But other than that, like what what area are they like better at, at than any other teams in this division? Okay, Mike. Are you buying this? Cause I'm I'm on the struggle bus to commit to seeing them as a losing team. Where are you at? I, I said it just a few minutes ago that the Bengals were probably going to win this division. And I even stated, I don't think the Steelers are going to be as good as a lot of people think they are. And I think it, it fits right in with that. I don't know if they're actually going to have that nine and eight or that eight and nine season. Um, I, I struggle with actually getting them a losing season just because someone's got to do it for Mike Tomlin. It's, it's almost unheard of for Mike Tomlin to not I, win. And I know. It, this isn't me knocking on Mike Tomlin. Like he did it for 16 seasons. Yep. It's another math equation. <laughs> like there's many just... many good team few bad team <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but couldn't i mean we we have one division at least from last year i think maybe two that had all winners like that yes. literally had all winners in it so i mean i, I know i've got one of them and in, in that i'm going to talk about here in a little bit so yeah, like must be nice for you uh yeah it is um all good things to say <laughs> but but i mean isn't that a totally possible thing for this division I mean, they're just all good, but somebody's going to take nine and eight. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to push back. Eight and nine. I mean, I understand we're splitting hairs because it's eight and nine, nine and eight. 
but I, not I'm going to keep the streak alive here. I still like them with nine wins. I do agree the the schedule is brutal, and obviously I'm not picking them week one. But like, I just look at this roster from a talent standpoint, and I'm like, dude, you got top two pass rusher in the league. You have you have a wide receiver room that a lot of teams in this league would like to have. Yeah, yeah. You have, a, I mean, you should have a good running back room. I, I do think they have depth in that running back room. I think their top three are are, are not bad at all. I'm mean, Jalen Warren and Anthony McFarland are good backups. Yeah. Um, you know, I I do see plenty of playmakers. I mean, Joey Porter Jr., Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, on the on on the back end of that defense, like. There are some ballers. Cameron Hayward's still killing people uh, mm-hmm. in the defensive end mm-hmm. spot. So I just look at it and I go, I'm just not ready to commit. I understand that they didn't do a lot to get better. I understand that that offensive line is not where it needs to be at. And this is now, I feel like, the third year in a row we're saying that. But I just think there's enough in this tank. TJ Watt's going to win you three games by himself. And as that guy goes, this team goes. I don't think this is a team that's predicated on with winning on by their offense. Yeah, I think it is on the defensive like, side of the ball. It, yeah, it is. But a lot of times, success doesn't... Players that win you games, like the big games that matter, it's not the defensive end. It's the quarterback. Mm-hmm. This team is the exception. You this really team, think so? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, well, no, look no, at no. the record last year, the yeah, games he la- played. Last year kind of yeah. tells that When story. he play, he, they win. When he does not yeah. play, they lose. I mean, that's literally what yeah. it was. But is he going yeah. to so play? It, and, that's, and I think that's a fair question. The dude hasn't been able to stay healthy. Mike said it. You said it. I, I agree. But I just, I'm not ready to commit to them having a losing record. I, I, I don't mind the take uh, because they are a TJ Watt away from pot, that possibly happening. I'm, I will uh, agree with that perspective. Yeah. I, I'm personally on the 8-9 and nine train. And I think it's mostly because we are at a point now in football where the talent pool is so high that even teams that do have really nice rosters and playmakers at all levels can still be susceptible to losing seasons. And I don't think that that is going to be a trend that necessarily stops. I just think players are so good now. There are so many of them. And the way that those players are winning games, I think kind of just outscales where the Steelers are right now, even though I'm maybe a little bit higher on picket. Um, than the average, but I'm not as high on the Steelers as I've seen some takes who are like Steelers could be second or first in this division. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not taking that at all. But I, I do think they break that streak. I think they're an eight and nineteen this year. Yeah. All right. So lot one team left to talk about. Let's hit it. One team left. We got the Ravens. All righty. Let me pull up their stuff real quick. I gotta gotta vamp here a little bit. So last year, this team did something I thought that was really impressive. They made it into the playoffs without Lamar Jackson. So this team squeezed into the playoffs last year at 10 and 7. A lot of people forget that because they lost round one to the Bengals. But this team did the most important thing. They brought back Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is back on this team. Uh, there was big contract with uh, drama with this team. The Ravens were not wanting to pay him. Lamar Jackson was trying to represent himself. So many like people were warning against that, all that kind of stuff. Um, but barring attrition due to injury, this roster has a look of a competitor. The receiving core is easily the deepest that Lamar Jackson has ever had. It's the most talented he's ever had. Um, and this offensive line should be a strong unit uh, going forward. So a uh, couple of their losses. Uh, they had this year, they lost um, 
uh, Marcus Peters, but that dude's been injured the last two years. He's pretty much been a non-factor for this team anyway, last mm-hmm. couple of years. So losing him really isn't anything. Uh, they lose Justin Houston to free agency. Um, obviously, that dude has been good um, in his career. Uh, but big, the big sign here was Odell Beckham Jr. We talked about this last time. We talked about we're I think here on the show. Um, we love the signing. Did not love the contract for this guy. OBJ, one of the most like physically talented wide receivers we've ever seen in the league, has probably one of the the most iconic catch maybe of all time. Definitely one of them. Uh, they also added just some depth there in that wide receiver room. They drafted, not drafted, they signed Nelson Aguilar. Obviously, the dude's not that good, but it just raises, again, the floor of this wide receiver room that's been terrible, just been absolutely terrible. Um, Which they, shows you how low that floor was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, Greg Roman needs to be arrested for his crimes against Dude, no Lamar kidding. Jackson's career. Yeah, I mean, yeah. valid point, but it's still a low floor. Yeah. It, it totally, totally. The, that that wide receiver was terrible. Has been terrible. Um, so mm. obviously, Marcus Peters is out, and they are, he is replaced by Rock Yasin and Trayvon Mullen. Both cornerbacks surrendered just one touchdown in their coverage last season, though both both did miss multiple games uh, due to injury. Um, but in the draft, they got arguably the second best wide receiver in this draft. They got Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Uh, uh, Zay Flowers racked up 503 yards after the catch in Boston in Boston College last year. Um, a feat made possible by his, like, he had 15 forced missed tackles as well. So this dude in the open field is, is dynamic. He is exciting. Um, and something I definitely think is important for this offense that is not a deep threat type of offense. This is more of a a, a yak type of offense. They got uh, Mark Andrews in here. They got Zay Flowers. They got OBJ. These are all dynamic athletes who Lamar just needs to get the ball in their hands, and then these guys make plays. And I think that's where this team excels is um, relying on the individuals to make plays. Obviously, every team does, but bringing back Lamar Jackson was critical to this franchise. Um, obviously if they didn't, this team would be in full reset mode again and would not have the ability and the tools to do so. Uh, but Lamar Jackson got his contract. Um, and this team is, I mean, Lamar Jackson went healthy. He's probably a top five quarterback in this league. Like, like he's an MVP. Like he's just super dynamic. He's also so fun to watch. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks. Just watch play because he's, he's an improviser he can just tear off for 80 yards a touchdown and also throw for a 60-yard touchdown at the same time. Dude, he's, Not many quarterbacks can do that. No, and he's constantly literally one play away. I mean, always. he just needs the next play to he's, score. His it team, doesn't matter like, where he's at. Like, yeah, the, the, his team is like never out of it. Like, they can always, oh, it, it, they're down by two scores. Oh, well, in 30 seconds, Lamar Jackson just scored, scored a touchdown right there. Um, this secondary uh, obviously has some new pieces. They're going to need to fit in quickly. The pass, the pass, pass rush should get an added boost here. They added some 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 key defenders there in David Ajobo. Um, he was a supreme talent in 2022, um, but he played. Um, he didn't play a lot of snaps. He tore his Achilles after suffering his pro day workout. Um, but this team, I'm really excited about. Um, I think honestly, they had the best offseason in this division, just because they brought back Lamar Jackson, and obviously that's a given. Obviously, that's probably maybe an easy way to say it. Um, but I like the OBJ signing. I think it was a great signing for them to make. Um, again, don't love the price. Don't love the contract. I think that it ends up, we talked about it. It was like, can max out to like 17 or $18 million for yeah, you guys hasn't played crazy. in a year. Um, I think his guaranteed is like 15 or 16 million. Um, that was, ex- 
that was expensive, but I loved I loved the Zay Flowers pickup. I think that's huge. They also got Rashad that's Bateman, yeah. um, who they had been wanting to be the wide receiver number one. Don't think it's going to happen this year because I think that they've just gotten deeper uh, yeah. at wide receiver. Um, and again, that's always been the thing. Like, dude, just get this dude weapons. Like, yeah, Greg Roman does need to be arrested because I don't understand how this dude sells a job. It's it's improved, well, but he doesn't it doesn't now. I mean, well, yeah, it, it's improved, <laughs> but like yeah. he the the wide receiver room is, but it's still the worst one in the division. Probably, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It, know, it is. It I, is. I'd rather have Pickens and and, and Johnson. Uh, Johnson for oh, sure yeah, totally. is my one too. Oh, absolutely. Which, by the way, they're they're pretty. I mean, we just got done talking about him, but like Calvin Austin, uh, what's his name? Miles. I don't uh, know. Mark Andrews, yeah. though. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you've got that. And and mm-hmm. not that Fryermuth is a bad tight end. I mean, Andrews is probably in that. He, well, he's the two best. Or, two or three of the uh, outside of, I mean, uh, he's secondary. best in the division. Oh, yeah. Best in the division. But he's two or three in the league. Um, Fryermuth's in that uh, probably seven, eight conversation, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, six, possibly, depending on who you're talking about and, and with. But, like, yeah, I, I love seeing the offensive weapons improve for Lamar. Uh, we've said many times, pay the man. Uh, we've said that a lot on this show. Glad that they did. Glad it's over with. Glad it's settled for the sake of the team. So, yeah, it's a really interesting one. The over-under for them is 11. I have them at 11 wins the season i'm at 11 and 6 um i think they've got they definitely they have the best coach in the in the division i mean that i mean that was a john harbaugh show last year i mean Ooh, that, that's another hot take like i mean he, you like he, him more than mike you'd rather have harbaugh over tomlin le, okay let's just let, let's just call it call it what it is john harbaugh was in the playoffs last year without lamar jackson yeah but uh there's this thing where uh one of them has won a super bowl yeah or both of them both of them have won yeah, My bad. Both, both of them won a Super Bowl. Almost blew that up. Yeah, both won a Super Duh. Bowl. So uh, I watched your Niners, one of my them friend. win that Super Bowl and was very sad about <laughs> it. I said, yeah, you just want to block that out. I, you, you know what? Well, I don't blame you for not The lights went out in Louisiana. Yeah. I mean, there was a blackout. Yeah. yeah. So it maybe you should block that out of yeah. your... Defensive yeah. holding until the last he play. He never turned Whatever. the TV back on after that. I don't know what happened. I started I started cleaning up in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But But no, I think they have the best quarterback head coach duo in this division. Um, because I think Joe Burrow is the best quarterback. But again, that's something that Jameson was talking about earlier. Zach Taylor, I think, is a good coach. Like, I think he's actually proven it. We were kind of iffy mm. on him. Uh, the last, I think it was beginning of last year. I mean, obviously, got them back in the AFC Championship. I think Zach Taylor's a good coach. But I think the pedigree that John Harbaugh has, and also Mike Tomlin has a similar pedigree. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, John Harbaugh got him into okay. the playoffs last okay. year. And without Lamar Jackson. Well, I you mean, have a Super Bowl winning coach and an MVP quarterback. Hey, yeah. Mike, Mike Tomlin had a winning record with Kenny Pickett and I whatever mean, else was playing I'm, quarterback last year. I think he had that, he had that in, he, Mike Tomlin had that in spite of Kenny Pickett. I, I, I really do think. <laughs> no, um, that's, that's totally fair. I mean, I, I obviously like them as the competitor for the division. I would agree mm-hmm. with that. I mean, I know that's what we're saying by uh, proclaiming our win totals for these teams. So mm-hmm. I, I totally. I, it's going to come down. I think it's really going to come down to the end of the season. It's going to be, it's, it's, there's going to be a tug of war between these two teams. Yeah, it's the head to head. Absolutely. And, and I, I think if one of these teams manages to slip both games, if they can steal the win away, I, I think that that could determine the division. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. and that says a lot, I think, about the Ravens because we are all so high on the Bengals and truly believe that they have the difference making quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes. Um, when you got to win a game, I mean, do you want anybody else besides Joe? Like when you got to win, I, I, if, if it's not Mahomes, I, I would say that Joe has better weapons. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His horses, I, I mean, horses to pull that car to that team is, is going to be better with the Bengals until you get to the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and yeah, I, it's just, there's, and then Patrick's a whole lever, another level of special. <laughs> yeah. It just is. I mean, it, it, it I know we're going to talk about it in a it, little bit. Every yeah. conversation right now is like, aside from Patrick Mahomes, blah, 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 blah. And, yeah. and this is a, certainly another one of those teams and quarterbacks that can be considered in that conversation. Mike, do you have them at yeah. 11? I think 11 is fair. I think competing for the, for the top of the division, maybe just coming short of, uh, uh kind of based on strength of schedule. I haven't looked at their schedule personally. Um, uh, so I don't know if it's, it's, it's tough. Or easier I, than- I'm looking at it now. Cause that's kind of where I was. I was like, am I, am I 11 or maybe 10? The, the tough part is aside from their own division, this is a team that has to play. Uh, they play the lions as well. They're going to play the Seahawks this year. They're going to play the chargers. They're going to play the Jags. They're going to play the Niners. They're going to play the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, so, you know, aside from the bloodbath that is their own division, they do have a pretty rough schedule. Um, and, and really, it comes down to, is this going to be a wide receiver core that's going to be whole by the time you get to the end of the season? Because as, as much as I do like that OBJ signing, to me, that is one of the big question marks. Because he can be incredibly dynamic. Uh, and I think Zay Flowers as well, incredibly dynamic. But you take away one of those two guys, that's... That's, I mean, you basically go back to what you were before, which is still a, a, a great offense, but you yeah. take away one of those weapons. And it's like, okay, well, what was the point okay. of adding that weapon? Okay, but uh, over under on OBJ, eight touchdowns? Games. Games. <laughs> eight games. I'm going go, to go over because he could have played last year and didn't. Well, I apparently I, couldn't. I'm I mean, gonna Mike try, said that before. I'm gonna apparently try, he couldn't. I'm trying really hard to be like an OBJ optimist for once. That's adorable. Um, and it's because like he he, he was earned, on your team, bro. He, he earned what, for what he did in the first <laughs> half of the Super Bowl. I'm like, I'm gonna root for you now, dude. Like, uh, obviously the talent was still there coming after one injury. I don't know if it's necessarily possible coming off another one of those. Um, but I'm rooting for him to stay healthy. But that is to me the big thing. I. Would in my heart, in my heart of hearts, I'm probably taking, taking the, the under. Okay, um, I'm doing over. I think I'll hit okay. like ten or eleven. Uh, even if it's not injury, maybe it's just hey, he's out for a couple weeks for one I, reason or another, not season ending necessarily. But I just think he gets all these nagging things, and the dude just since early in his career hasn't finished seasons. He's also and not so a guy I, that can play with nagging things, right? Because uh, of his size, he's not like a he's not a Megatron guy where you can just wheel him out there and throw it up. That's he needs fair. to be. OBJ to be productive. I, I think, he's, I think he's probably only seven or eight games. Like, I really do think they're going to bust on this contract and have to basically pay him half a mil per. Like, I really think that's what's going to happen. And that, and that's why I'm leaning more towards the 10 games. They have yeah. a few of those tough ones against NFC opponents. Okay. And then there's the question mark where, yeah, on paper, their receiving core is really nice. They got the weapons around Lamar. And it really just depends on if that's going to last. I, I would back this up saying I, I don't mind the 11 win mark. Because even if OBJ goes down, Lamar Jackson can put this team on his back and win four games. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, and, and because I think, he's done it. But, but he's you done also, it with less. And I don't think that's that hard to say with this team because you're not dependent on OBJ. You drafted Zay Flowers to be yeah. a guy, and, mm-hmm. and he looks to be a guy. Um, you know, so they, well, they seem to have a decent one too at receiver. And again, any of those guys is still the second or third receiver after Andrews. 
But uh, again, like just yeah, think about so. it. They won ten games last year. We're just asking them to yeah. win one more game and, and with fair. Lamar Jackson. And, like and now. let's not and healthy running backs and, and healthy run, hope hopefully. Well, and, and let's not forget they have <laughs> they clearly, seem to die every they year. They have fair. clearly the best kicker in all of football who will also win. That hey, game, so. let's go. I mean, if you can get it within sixty, you got a shot. So you know? and getting rid of that Greg Roman guy on offensive coordinator that's a that's a bum bonus. Yeah, so. he's absolutely. a bum. Yeah. So he's a bum. All right, well we're ready to turn over, Mike. We've already we've already picked a couple divisions here. Uh, go ahead, man. I know we're heading up north, and uh, this is your show, bro. Uh, where are we starting? I think I'm going to go ahead and just start right at the top at Buffalo Bills. All right. So uh, in 2022, they finished with a 13 and four record. Uh, first in the division, I would say that uh, the injuries actually slowed them and halted them at the end of the year. Uh, they're an old team. Um, Allen played injured for almost the whole year, and uh, many of their defensive starters were in and out the entire year, and they still came up 13-4 and four with a dominant defense. Um, however, with that being said, Leslie Frazier, their defensive coordinator, is taking the year off, and uh, Sean McDermott is taking over those duties as defensive coordinator. So that is that is a bit of a concern, not knowing exactly how how that's going to work for this team. But the should should hold the same scheme because he's just trying to keep everything together. Um, some key losses, uh, starting left guard Roger Saffold, um, Tremaine Edmonds is no longer with the team. Um, they couldn't hold him in. Uh, they, we got Isaiah McKenzie, their number three receiver, gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Singletary, Naheem Hines are. Or Singletary's gone. Naheem Hines out for the year, and uh, and their key gains here. I have they replaced the guard with uh, Connor McGovern from Dallas. Uh, they got Leonard Floyd at defensive end. Now they picked up a couple of guys: Trent Sherfield from Miami and Deontay Hardy, who are going to compete for that number three. So I don't really think they lost too much there. Um, they did pick up Damian Harris from the Patriots, who is going to be goal line stand run it up the middle kind of guy. Um, I did want to say that they pick, did pick up uh, Puna Ford as well. He's a good, really good run stopper. Puna! Love Puna that Ford. dude. I, I knew you'd love that one. So, uh, but their big get is their tight end, Dalton Kincaid, who we Super all raved excited. about in the draft. That guy I mean, is a catching machine at tight end. Now, Knox is great or good, but Kincaid, I think, has a chance to be a great tight end. Um, they also got a linebacker, Dorian Williams, who looks to be kind of trade men, Tremaine Edmonds, like, and uh, another wide receiver, Justin shorter to beat for that wide receiver three. All in all, they didn't, they didn't have a whole lot of turnover, but they are still just old. This is like one of the oldest rosters in the league. And, and we got to keep that in mind when we're thinking about like, Oh, they were so injured last year. It won't happen again. Well, when you have a lot of old guys playing for you, you tend to have a lot of problems with, uh, with injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it really comes down to that. This was a great defense that is getting old and injured. Um, the offense is potentially better than it was last year. Um, for the most part, you've got a lot of the same core pieces. Uh, and you're just kind of upgrading at wide receiver three. You're upgrading. I would say a little bit for that running back position. And you're looking at that tight end, just streaking up the middle covering that middle ground that they didn't have last year. And if Josh Allen is fully healthy, he is just a monster. He is a different animal. He is, 
He plays different than just about any other quarterback. He's got like Ben Roethlisberger in him, some Randall Cunningham in him. Like he he throws the ball with the strength of a of a beast. It's ridiculous how strong that guy is when he throws the ball down the field. Um, it reminds me of Dante yeah. Culpepper. Dante yeah. Culpepper. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Size, like especially, that yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dante good, Culpepper. I like that. There. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just amazing what this guy can do on a team, even when hurt last year. Mm. But with all that being said, this this whole division has gotten better. Well, they kind of stayed the same. And I think yeah, that's, that's true. That's important. And, and that's that's a real kind of a tell for what I think th- this team's going to kind of take a back step just a couple of games back. I think the Jets are going to compete more, obviously, with some some stability at quarterback. You've got the Patriots who probably have the best defense in the league up there with the 49ers and a couple other Dallas, maybe Dallas, like, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Like right there. And this team just kind of stayed the same. So. I see them as a top AFC contender still, but I have them at 11 and six. Mm. The over under is 10.5. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm taking the over, but I'm more in the eleven. It to me, it's a little concerning. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about how stacked the AFC is. Um, obviously, we know that's where all the quarterbacks live, essentially at this point. Um, but th- it, it does become a little bit of a concern to me when, like you said, you kind of just stayed the same, and there are a lot of teams out there that are getting better, or that like you know, in the Chiefs, like, do we think the Chiefs got better? Not necessarily. Like they got rid of Tyreek Hill last year and went and won a Super Bowl. That's one of the teams where it doesn't necessarily matter because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But when you're the Bills and you haven't quite gotten the success you want and you're not continuously getting better and you're getting older, that's a little bit of a concern for me as well. Um, To me, definitely still an 11-win team. Um, And and again, to go back to what I had said earlier, I don't necessarily think losing more games in the regular season uh, is a super telling thing about how bad your team is or that your team isn't very good. I just think there's so much talent. And when you don't necessarily get better, that's not always going to translate to wins, even though they're still going to obviously make the playoffs be a contender. Um, but I, I do think it's going to be a little tougher for them uh, this year. And I, I think on paper, they're great, but I don't, I don't know if just injecting Dalton Kincaid as good as he's going to be is all of a sudden going to take their offense to the next level. Uh, obviously, we know they yeah. kind of struggled in the run game last year. Well, and they, um, and they continue to not address that. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm always baffled by the fact that we, when we see like a Dalvin Cook got cut or we see, you know, a, a, a running back that is available. And I'm like, are you joking me? Like, that's a team that needs a dude. I feel like because like, why, why they, is Kareem Hunt not on this team? Dude, I don't understand it. Yeah. Like um, Kareem Hunt on that team. Like, and then if you because because I think Kareem Hunt, I mean, he's a he. We've seen him be the guy for one year in Kansas City. But like he is such an incredible complimentary piece to any backfield. How did you not get Dalvin Cook? How how did you like just just are you telling me you wouldn't you couldn't pay him ten million? Like what are you what are you getting paid by the Jets? Like eight? Is that what he's getting paid? Uh, uh yes, yeah, seven to eight. Do they, yeah. do they get active and and take a Jonathan Taylor on to try to? That's what I was about to say. I was about to bring year. that up. But like again, for a Dalvin Cook, like pay him ten. Are you telling me you pay two more million dollars and then you just fix a huge issue on your team? And, and to be fair, Dalvin probably took a mil or two less to go play with, for the Jets. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, oh, I did. know. But I'm just saying, I mean, even if you offered him, yeah. went and offered him 11 or yeah. 12, like, yeah. 
that they but have they have the cap space to it, do it. Yeah, and I mean the reason it's such a big concern for me is I feel like they just keep relying on we have Josh Allen, so we don't necessarily need to address issues here. Yeah. There, he's a monster in the run game. Um, but I actually heard a really good point the other day. I can't remember which uh, show it was that I was checking this out on, but they made uh, a, a point. Uh, not necessarily to relate it to Josh Allen, but they were talking about Dan Marino and how Dan Marino kind of suffered because they're just like, hey, we have Dan Marino. We're just going to ride with Dan Marino. And they didn't necessarily put the talent around Dan Marino that Dan Marino needed to win a Super Bowl. And when you have a guy like Josh Allen, you almost kind of fall into the, oh, well, we have Josh Allen. We're just going to ride Josh Allen uh, until the wheels fall off. But sometimes the wheels fall off and he gets hurt or you're, you know, the guys that you do currently have on your team get hurt. And when you don't focus on getting better and putting better players around them, you don't actually get to a Super Bowl. Um, and, and I'm kind of starting to get concerned that now we're at the point in, uh, you know, obviously Josh Allen has a lot of years in front of him still, but we're kind of hitting the point where it's like, okay, well, you need to do something. Um, and it's been too much Patrick Mahomes, and now it's Burrow coming in under Josh Allen, and it's not even Josh Allen anymore, it's seeming. Josh Allen's probably um, the third best quarterback in this league right now. And, and so it, it's one of those things where that part is a little concerning to me, uh, but I, I do mostly align with kind of... Well, and I want to point out, like, how long... How long did everyone say John Elway? John Elway is so good. John Elway is so good. Exactly. And he never won a, a Super Bowl until he got a running game. Exactly. Literally. Like, and to, until Shanahan comes in and like runs and runs and runs and Give lets Elway Sharp do his thing. And yeah, TD. And now, okay, now we're in business, but that yeah. doesn't seem to be the case here. So a little frustrating on that front, but I, I do agree. Now, I, I do want to mention that the, uh, the AFC East and the NFC East have the two toughest strengths of schedules mm-hmm. and, and uh, the bills have the seventh toughest strength of schedule, but I, there's, there's still a great team. They went 13 oh, yeah. and four last year. Uh, like they're going to be, they're going to make the playoffs. I still think, I just think that they take a, a couple of games step back um, and somebody's going to get injured. Things are going to go in and out because they're an old team. And I, and I just see, yeah, that 11 wins over the 10.5, but the 11 wins is kind of where I see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. I think that's pretty accurate. I think it's, I, I think you're hitting men. I absolutely, I think, I think 11, um, there's some, you, you guys have already described the step back uh, issues that, you know, the rosters face and all that. And, uh, and age being a concern is a real thing. I think that that was totally valid. So anybody else? No. no, I like that. I think it's a it's a very accurate snaps of the team. I think all times too, we've seen this team last two years in a row. The secondary just gets decimated with injuries. Yeah, and like yeah. they just can't stay healthy, and they're getting older, and they just keep getting injured. I think it's two years in a row that like Micah Hyde's been out most most of the season. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that. I think is just going to continue to add up on this team, where they haven't seemed to out, all, like get replacements on that. Who are you hitting well, next, and, man? Oh, sorry, I was I was, I was going to say, and when healthy. Even old, they are really good. Yeah. Oh, totally they are. But when you miss time, you know the best ability is availability. So yeah, exactly. That, that, that's where that's where I have met. Let's go to the Dolphins. Down to one of my favorite, most exciting offenses in the league. I think. Um, the home of Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, everybody's favorite fantasy options. So let's uh, let's hit these Dolphins. Uh, their twenty twenty two record was nine and eight. They got into the playoffs as a wild card. Um, that is without. Tua being healthy the whole year. Um, they put band-aids on their backup quarterbacks and sent them out there and they got beat up and they still made the playoffs. This is a very good, very good Miami Dolphins team. Um, 
Last year was Mike McDaniel's first year head coach. They still made the playoffs at nine and eight. He's coming into his second year. I think he's just going to ramp up this team, put more of his scheme into it, and uh, and they're just going to get better, I believe. Um, they did add Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. Love that is going to make that defense a little tighter. Yep. It's going to just I, – I honestly think it's just going to, to bring a little bit more I – mean, Vic Fangio is just a great defensive coordinator. Like, not a great head coach, great defensive coordinator. We, we were surprised he did not end up coming back to the Bay. Yeah, we were actually shocked yeah. at that one. That was a conversation we'd had multiple times. I mean, and but the Mike McDaniel connection is still real from their time in San from the time in San Francisco because Vic was back as a consultant while Mike was there. Um, yeah, and yeah, like that's uh, that's a huge win for them, right? Like mm-hmm. that's got to be up there in terms of offseason additions. Is that not your top addition for the team? I, I have them right on here, Coach Vic Fangio's key gains. Hey, uh, let's go. It, to kind of add to that, too, un- unfortunately for them in this regard, because they also had added Jalen Ramsey, uh, who was obviously going yeah. to miss, it sounds like, probably the first half of that season. Yeah. Um, I, I, I read today, probably until December, yeah. Yeah, so, because I was, I was really excited, like, hey, thanks for coming and doing your thing over here. Get out of here, because we're not going to be any good. And when I saw that it was going to be Miami, and then you add the Vic, Vic Fangio piece, and they're like, man, the Dolphins are really putting something together over there defensively. Yeah. So. Anyways, go ahead. So, well, let's just go right into gain. So I have Jalen Ramsey on there as a key gain now injured till December. Mm. Uh, This team, I think, is going to make the playoffs. So I think Jalen Ramsey will still have something to say for this team to make it, to try and go on that Super Bowl run again for him. Um, They picked up David Long Jr., linebacker. Uh, They picked up uh, Isaiah Wynn from the Patriots, a right tackle. uh, Kind of shore up. They lost Brandon Shell. And uh, they, of course, got Coach Vic Fangio. But they also drafted Cam Smith, um, the cornerback, who I think can, has improved, impressed during the preseason here and is going to fill in for that Jalen Ramsey miss, mm-hmm. um, at least for the first part of this season, how he fits in. And uh, I also want to point out, and I think it was the third round, they got a running back, Devin Akane. And I think with Mike McDaniels running this thing, Third round running backs, you got to watch out for him. I think he's going to push the rest of this crew that always seems to get hurt um, for their running backs. Um, let's go through some key losses. They did lose Melvin Ingram on the edge. They lost wide receiver Trent Sherfield, who was their number three. Uh, Brandon Shell, the right tackle. They lost Eric Rowe, their safety, and they, I didn't really see them have a, a replacement for him. And I think that's kind of a big deal. Eric Rowe uh, was, was part of their shutdown back end. Uh, they did lose Mike Gasicki. We all liked him tight end mm-hmm. up the mm-hmm. pass catching tight end. Not real big replacement for him there either. And uh, uh, linebacker Ellen and Roberts, another starter for them on defense. Um, but they did replace him with David Long. Quick, quick ad that was late today, Mike. I don't know if you caught the, uh, the trade. Kelvin Joseph came over from the Cowboys today. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, they were. Uh, they traded out. Um, I'm. All, I always butcher this guy's last name because it's one of the hardest ones. They're a 2020 first round pick. Uh, Noah, and I'm. I'm not even gonna try it. Ig Igbenogin. I can't say it. It's so long, bro. You already but struggle with wrote, names, and so that, that adding that sucks. in there is just. But like he. But this guy that they had taken in in the first round expected to be. Um, you know, a, a genuine like they, he was going to be their one or two at corner. 
and has just not worked out. Been a rotational player. Actually sat a majority of games in the regular season last year. Was not yeah. even active. So they were able to get him, get, uh, let him go. And Kelvin Joseph, who's been also a little underwhelming, but been core special teams and different things. I He's coming over to the Dolphins. I, I think that's a pretty big win for that group. He'll probably end up being their three or four corner. But I know yeah, that was with real late before performing we really well during preseason. Yeah. And that just allows them to just kind of build up the rotation that they have. Yeah, uh, I know that came in just a couple hours before we hit record here. So, yeah, yeah. Didn't see that one. Um, I do want to say this team looked near unstoppable when Tua was healthy last year. This offense mm-hmm. just ran circles. I mean, Tua was on slate to have like 4,800 yards on the year. It was something ridiculous by like game five. Like, yep. He, in the system, the quick, accurate passing that Mike McDaniels has set up for these Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, get it the ball in these guys' playmakers' hands and let them run. Um, just works so well. It's like it, the system was built to have Tyreek Hill in it I, I, and to uh, throwing him the ball. Two was number um, one fantasy he, quarterback in the league uh, for six weeks last year. For six and, weeks last and, year, exactly. And yeah. how wrong like, we were. <laughs> About. Until, until he got hurt, and then and then that Jalen Hurts buy was real good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Way to be, Matt. Yep. But uh, now, I do you want to say Tua has taken the time to train himself, and th- this is I think could be something that is just neat to to think about. That Mike, he's, what are you talking about? He's a fat himself. stripper. He's a fat stripper. Didn't you hear that? <laughs> Yeah, that but was, he's been training judo at the same time on how to fall, <laughs> right? So he's learning how to roll Ryan and fall. Clark. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that That's crazy? So, so yeah. <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to middle, mitigate concussions because um, he had some really bad ones. The NFL messed up a little bit on catching one of them, I think. Um, they tried to backpedal that a little bit. Um, so he's trying to mitigate concussions. He's taking the time on the offseason to try and teach himself how to fall, how to take a hit. Um, through martial arts, whether or not it works, I don't know, but it's worth a try. I mean, you got to do something, right? Yep. Now the defense, which was already good, I think will be better um, with Fangio. We talked about he's, he's coming to tighten everything up. And I believe this team competes for the division at 12 and five. Ooh. Ooh, wow. Wow. I do want to say as far as strength of schedule goes, they are second in the league for like the hardest schedule. I okay. still think going through their schedule, I, I I think they're at twelve and five. I think they're going to be the best in the division. But, but the linchpin is clearly two has got to stay healthy, right? If that was, thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. If two is healthy, I don't know how you stop this offense. I, I I can't disagree. Like what we saw in the flash that we saw last year for six <sighs> weeks, we were in awe. Of that guy. I mean, we could not believe what Mike McDaniel was doing with these guys, you know, and it was it was impressive as crud. It really, really was. I I mean, it, it was awesome to watch. And and I totally agree. I just Tua has never I mean, since junior year of college been healthy. You know, this is a guy that we have we have been waiting. The hip injury. I mean, that yeah, was the, bad, dude. You're not well, supposed to do that till you fall off bad. the steps. Well, so, you know, when that, it's icy outside. That injury, the injury retired Bo Jackson from sports right yeah was it, it? yeah that is the injury that retired bo jackson so i mean like it, it, genuinely i just i i really hope don't get me wrong like i i got no to a hate in me he's a class act everybody knows that nobody says a bad word about Tua. period except for ryan clark who's a horrible human being um but uh Agreed. genuinely 
I, you know, 12 and five. I, I get it. You're saying if he's healthy, I'm just going to bet that he's not. And so I'm, okay. I'm, at, I'm at 10 and seven because I'm betting. He's I would not. say I was just about to say no Tua or Tua gets hurt at some point. 10 and seven is is yeah. is a get. I think. I think it's a wild card situation for sure um, because that's going to happen. But I, I, I can see how they are clearly building the offense to keep him healthier. I mean, you invested so much in running backs. You, you, you Like you said, the quick passing game. Where he got in trouble against the 49ers and, and why the Niners ended up decimating in that game was because they were putting him in third and longs. And he got yeah. murdered in the third and long. And uh, and I think that's a you know a former coach playing his his uh, playing his uh, mentor, and he just <laughs> it happened right. So anyway, but in in the Niners' pass rush was ridiculous that day. But um, I mean, I'm going ten seven just because of the health issue, and but I think I think you're right on all other front. I mean, on all fronts, it's all about to his health. Yeah. Well, and, um, and you got to think that this is the second year of McDaniels. So last year we were like in all of their offense. That was the first year that those guys had been running this offense. Yeah. Like they've got another year to install even more from Mike McDaniels. And I just. Yeah, a healthy Tua, this team's going to be strong. So yeah. if the if the over under is 11, I mean, we, I'm, I'm under. So if the over under is oh. 11, guys, like, um, are you with him or are you? Mm. Well, I mean, this is a tough one. I mean. Here, here's the thing, because I'm definitely leaning towards you where it's a health thing. I think if they can stay healthy, like the sky is the limit with, with them. Yep. Um, but that's not obviously how this game works. And with <laughs> with with what Tua went through last year, like no no football player, let alone a quarterback, should have to deal with the concussion history that he already has off of one NFL season like that. Um, and that's really concerning for me. Because uh, it could take just one one bad knock for him, and they might be like, okay, well, we need to sit you out for weeks. And I think even weeks, if it's not gone for the season, is enough to bring them down to ten. Uh, just because the Bills are there, just because and of the that. other New York, another New York team. Yeah, but I also do think, um, you know, one of the reasons the sky is the limit for this team is I do think Tyree Kill is one of the best X factors we've seen in the sport in a long, long time. Um, and so if Tua can stay healthy, um, just give the ball to Tyreek and let him cook because that's absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, I, I'm leaning more towards 10 only because of the health. I'm going to be a little conservative in that regard. Otherwise, yeah, I, I agree with, with everything you're saying. If they're healthy, I, I see this as a 12 win team. I'm taking the over in that, uh, in that environment. But, where, where are you headed to next, Mike? We'll keep it. We'll keep it. Right. Let's head straight over. Ah, to them Patriots. Uh, so the Patriots had an 8-9 and nine record last year. A losing record. Um, looking at the stats, they were the worst offense in the league. They had defensive coordinators as their offensive coordinators for some <laughs> unknown reason. Um, however, if you actually go look at the numbers, they were also one of the best defenses in the league last year. Of course, you have Bill Belichick running that defense. Bill Belichick formula, baby. Terrible that, offense. That defense, defense is so good. Um, still is so good. Um, the the biggest significant addition, I think, is Bill O'Brien coming in, be an offensive coordinator to an accurate quarterback. And we're going to go ahead and I, I think that's the biggest upside that this team has is they have an actual 
offensive coordinator now. That this team's going to be able to have a game plan in place besides run up the middle for two yards every play. Um, which is kind of what they did last year, which is not a very good idea. Um, they did lose Damian Harris to Buffalo, um, but they picked up Ezekiel Elliott. I think at this point in his career, it still might be an upgrade. Um, and they lost Isaiah Wynn, the right tackle, but they picked up Riley Reef from the Bears. Uh, they lost Jonu Smith, gained Mike Gusecki. So it, it's just kind of a rotating, like, oh, they lost somebody. Oh, now they've gained kind of the equivalent back. Um, they lost Jacoby Myers, which I think is a big deal. Jacoby Myers, I actually like him. Um, I think he developed well while there, and they went ahead and they just let him go. Um, and, and they picked up Juju Smith-Schuster, who was okay for the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you're okay for the Kansas City Chiefs, are you going to be great anywhere else? I don't know. Mm, that's a good, good question. That's a really good point. <laughs> um, their draft was amazing. Like, Stealing Christian Gonzalez, insane dude. Yep, was like, how do you give like the prototypical Bill Pelichick cornerback right to him at the in the middle of that that first round there? Like, we were all talking about how he was going to be a top ten pick. Yo, what pick was it? It was twenty twenty something. I think it was like twenty. One twenty. Well, I'm trying, crazy I, I, I'm trying to remember. The, we 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 had him going as high as five. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember because him and Weathers. We I think we had him and Weatherspoon like in the top ten. They mm-hmm. were like one A, one B essentially. Right. Yeah, right. like you couldn't go wrong with either one of them. Yeah. And yeah, so just just here, here you go, Bill Belichick. Have fun with one of the best prospects at cornerback we've seen in a while. Um, he also picked up Dia, uh, defensive end Keon White from Georgia, who's on the other side of the ball, who had a very productive. A couple of years there in Georgia. Um, safety, Marde Mapu, who I really liked. They did, however, and are starting a rookie punter and a rookie field goal kicker this year. Hmm. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, they had 13 total draft picks that reloaded, and, and then they spent so much of them just like on the trenches, special teams. And it just kind of reloads so much of what's going on. They did not add much offensive weaponry at all outside of Ezekiel Elliott and Juju Smith-Suture, which we would agree is like, okay, for the team that probably had the worst offense in the league. Right. They yeah. have, this year, the third hardest strength of schedule. Oof. I did not realize that. Ouch. Yep. I don't know how they won eight, eight games last year. Is this defense that good? It, it carried the team last year, and and I honestly believe it'll do it again. I see the D, D being the best in this division. I see a problem with the offense. They are devoid of talent in the wide receiver room, and the teams will be able to stack the box against a good running back, who is uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Pick him up. They won a lot of games despite that bad offense. They're going to be better just because of Bill O'Brien. I have them at 10 and 7. Wow. Okay. Wow. That might be my big shocker here. But I, I again, <sighs> like 9 and 8 is doable in our brains. So, I mean, real That's quick more, react. Right? Where did you ha- where, where'd you have them on win total? Like, real quick react. 8, 9? Eight, 8, 9, because I think the division is so much better than them. 
Yeah. They all got so much better. I, I thought this was a Buffalo one game flip. Better. I was at nine and eight. <sighs> mm, I almost want to say seven and ten. And, wow. and the only reason I'm saying that is because there can only be so many teams in the NFL that are nine and eight, ten and seven, eleven and six, and so on. Yeah, but we like, talked about some three and five win teams already. I, I know, I know. Most of them exist again, in the NFC South. <laughs> again, I am looking at their schedule now, and when you play Eagles, Dolphins, Jets, Cowboys to start the season, and then a few weeks later, depending on how you feel about the Saints, Raiders, they're there. Bills, Dolphins, Commanders, Giants are in there. Chargers are in there. Steelers, Chiefs are in there. Bills again, Jets again. There's just a lot of games that are very difficult for them. And I don't think, uh, you know, even when you add in a real offensive coordinator, I don't think a guy like Mac Jones and then the talent on that offense can really hang with some of it, despite how good their defense is. So somebody has to lose somewhere. Um, I'd probably still say eight, eight and nine, but for the takes, I'm going seven and ten. That's that's where I'm going. Probably a bad idea to bet against Bill Belichick, but you know <laughs> somebody's got to do it. Yeah, someone has. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. That's. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, it's you. It could go any direction, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's it's whatever here. Like, really take your pick, and and I I see that. I get that. I I totally understand. The only thing I would say is. I think the Bill and I appreciate Mike's perspective is the Bill O'Brien thing is real. That that's mm-hmm. that's a difference maker. Um, so I couldn't. I actually did wasn't moving down, and and I wasn't seeing the same. I saw it as a single game improvement. I I think Bill O'Brien wins you one more, and I think it is for the exact reason that Mike pointed out. Um, it could be more if you would have got more talent, but like you you just strengthened a good defense. You got a little better in special teams potentially. Um, but you didn't really, you didn't do anything from a personnel standpoint to improve that offense. And you have one quarterback on this roster, which to me, by the way, I know we're, we're putting this out maybe before it happens, but Colt McCoy, like, how is this not a Colt McCoy move here? I totally thought I'm like, Oh, some like average looking dude, like he's going to go play quarterback for this team. Like this totally makes sense. So I'd I think they like Mac Jones. I think they like that he doesn't. I think with an offensive coordinator, I think they see him as not messing up, and that's all. That's all this defense needs is somebody to not mess up. Yeah. So I. All that said, where are we headed next? Well, let's go right over to the New York Jets then, right? Um, they have a seven and they had a seven and ten record. Um, they had really bad QB play all year long. But they have a great defense, mm-hmm. and I think I hope you're kind of hearing the same kind of deal. Like defense with the Bills, defense with the Patriots. Miami had a good defense. New York Jets have a great defense, and the Jets also decided to go ahead and bring him. You know what? Let's let's upgrade our offensive coordinator while we're at it. Let's bring in Nathaniel Hackett, so that this guy named Aaron Rodgers will want to come see who we are. That was a good idea. Um, it was a very good idea. So everyone just wants to talk about Aaron Rodgers. And, and rightfully so. He is going to solidify that QB room. He is going to solidify that QB play. Um, one of my favorite things that, I, that I've been hearing is people are like, oh, it's not the Aaron Rodgers of old. It's not the Aaron Rodgers of old. You know, this isn't necessarily MVP Aaron Rodgers anymore. Well, this is the coordinator that got Aaron Rodgers to MVPs. It's true. In his yep. system. And even, I would say, an 80% Aaron Rodgers 
is still a top 10 quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's almost 40. Yeah, he may not be as good as he was 10 years ago, but he's still really good. And I think that I think that's going to show this year. I think it's going to show. Um, other key additions is going to be Nicole Hardman. He's coming over as wide receiver. You've got Alan Lazard, who obviously know who knows who Red, Aaron Rodgers is. Um, they did pick up uh, safety and Chuck Clark, who tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Um, so they went ahead and went and got Adrian Amos, another starting safety to re- kind of replace the replacement. Um, just a shout out to Grant here. Uh, they picked up Quentin Jefferson and Al Woods from the Seahawks. Uh, two standout uh, defensive linemen there. The Good depth plug holes right in the there. middle. <laughs> um, they didn't. They did have some losses. Uh, they lost Lamarcus Joyner, the safety. They lost Kwan Alexander. is It's a pretty big loss there. Uh, they lost uh, their right tackle George Fant. Uh, their number th- uh, one of the receivers Elijah Moore. Uh, Nate Herbig, right guard, and of course they lost the big old Sheldon Rankins from the interior defensive line. The biggest part of their draft class that I liked was Will McDonald the fourth, that defensive end. I had him rated higher than some others, but I thought he was fantastic. And I think he's going to eat up some quarterbacks for this Jets team. Um, I, I just want to list real quick these options that Aaron Rodgers has. He's got Garrett. He's throwing to Garrett Wilson. He's Money. got Brees Hall as a running back who is Money. coming back injured. But that's okay because they went ahead and got, grabbed Dalvin Cook. Right? It's- he has... Wide receiver Alan Lazard, who he knows and he trusts intimately. That's the thing you trusts. hear all the time. You've been watching Hard Knocks. He trusts him. He he knows exactly where Alan Lazard is at all times on the field, and Alan Lazard knows exactly where Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball, and that that means something. Um, they did pick up, and, and I would say Miko Hardman is is a big part of this as well because that is a great. He, he's super fast. He's a good slot receiver. I they just. He, they're really good. Yeah. They, they have added so much to this offense. They lost a little bit on the defense and went ahead and just added some pieces that kind of fill in for it anyway. You um, yeah, they lost they lost 6 out of their last 10 games by one possession. By one possession. By one possession and in their last 3 games they scored a total of 12 points. Yeah. Like That's- you know Aaron Rodgers has averaged 24 and a half points per game in his career as a quarterback, dude. Joe Flacco was starting for this team for a period. And he <laughs> hey, played well. Hey, didn't in they one score game. 40 points? They scored the, they so many the Dolphins last year, bro. <laughs> um, I just want to say this team, I, I believe that they could have competed for the division lead if they just had consistent QB play. Absolutely. Just, just, uh, especially in those last games, like you said, just a consistent quarterback play week in and week out. This team knows who was that quarterback, knows how they were going to play. I think this team makes the playoffs last year. I think they, they compete with the Bills for the lead of this division just last year. Um, now they, their strength of schedule is also sixth, sixth hardest in the league. All of these guys are in that top six, seven range, um, in this division, which is really, Phenomenal, really, if you think about it. Yeah. And 
The defense carried this team last year, and I think it can do it again. I think Sala is so high energy. If you guys are watching Hard Knocks, that guy is just, I feel like he could just jump out on the field and take over at linebacker at some point. Just the, the energy he, he gives out. He's come out as an OLB right now. <laughs> right now. And just hit somebody real hard, and this team would just, just jump out of its boots for it. I, I think this defense, as good as I think the Patriots defense is going to be, I think this one will be better. And wow, okay, all righty, I'm listening. I, I think this defense will be better. This is a build up, Mike. I want to know where you're at, man. Come on, it, it's 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 really tough because I I do still see a problem with the offense. Oh, hold on, wrong one. I I don't see a problem with the offense. They solved it with Aaron Rodgers, right? They they solved that QB problem. This isn't the Aaron of old. And even, like I said earlier, a mediocre Aaron Rodgers is still arguably an amazing option to have in this league. You throw in the offensive talent that they brought in, the familiarity that you have, and you have a recipe for something good. I still don't have them winning the division. I have them at 11 and 6. Okay. Wow. Their over-under is 9.5. I... I'm taking the I over. Have, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, they're going to win the division. They're good. They got better. Miami is also good. And arguably got better. Patriots are good. Got better on defense and will be more consistent on offense. Buffalo is the only one that kind of stayed the same. And they're really good. Yeah. So I think that four win bump is from seven and 10 to 11 and six is, is kind of where I have them at. Um, fight me on it. In, in the range I of things fight you, you got, I think you kind of got I mean, it. I mean, I think this team is, I think you're really highlighting just really how competitive, not just this, this division is, but this conference is because yeah, the division, the division yeah, forwards, I'm about the AFC North. Like there are potentially three teams in there that are going to get double digit wins. In this division, you have it la- that all four of these teams are going to get double-digit wins, and we haven't even gotten to like the best team in this league in this yeah yeah in the league yet. Yeah, I mean like, it, this is and and I do I mean I I don't necessarily agree with all the win totals. I actually think the Bills. I mean or I said the Bills are going to win a little bit less, but like I I I'm a little less high on some of this division because we're going to get to the AFC West in just a moment. And and I think that that division currently is elite. Um, but I, yeah. you know, I I, I th- it's hard because it would be hard for me to say that there there's it's impossible for me to say that there's three playoff teams in this division. There's there's two, and it, it, there there's two, and one of them may not be the Bills. They're an injury away. I mean, everybody is. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but like the Bills just seem like that team because of age, because of the little things that it really could happen to them. You could clearly see, though, three of this, these teams winning the division. I, none of us are, are saying the Pats win this division. None of us. But would no. any of us be surprised if the Jets did? Would any of us be surprised if the Dolphins did? Absolutely not. And we're all picking the Bills currently to win it. But, like, this is a it probably, I, I would say, it's a top three most competitive division. I think the top three toughest divisions in the league right now, today, are all in the AFC. All in the AFC. 
because I think the AFC Oof. West is the toughest division. I think that I uh, I think that Grant's Grant hit on it well with the AFC East. I think that's the second. I think this is the North, third. I, North, sorry. Uh, that, that this is uh, this is the third. I think this this genuinely uh, has a clear cut bottom team, even if they're decent, even if they're a decent team. But there's a clear cut bottom here, um, and so yeah, I I just I couldn't imagine the Jets doing any worse than second. That's that's where I'm at. I can't imagine them doing worse in second, but I just don't know, man. It just feels like we got a toss up with three really good teams. One has improved immensely in all the areas that they were weak. I think the only concern I have is that this offensive line is pretty mediocre. Um, some people yeah. are, not, are calling it not good or bad. I wouldn't do that personally. I, I, was, I was looking at that. I would not say that that offensive line is going to be bad. Yeah, um, 15th is fine. And fifteenth yeah. may be good enough with the weapons you got. That's that's where well, I'm also. I mean, that. Aaron Rodgers is old, but he can still elude a sack or two a game. Oh yeah, yeah. he's gonna throw the ball away, dude. Yeah, that guy doesn't he's need smart. sacks. It's gone, it's and he doesn't throw interceptions. He takes care of the ball, and that's yep. that's part of my my point here is consistent quarterback play. You don't need Aaron Rodgers from MVP years. You just need an Aaron Rodgers that's not going to throw interceptions. Yep, that's going to take care of the ball. That's not going to make dumb decisions and hold on to it for that extra count of two where he gets hit and sacked and loses yardage. He, he just, he's smart. He's savvy. He's a veteran and he's still very talented. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what's going to push this team up. Man, this is, that's a crazy division, Mike. It really is. Um, you know, I think uh, as we're, as we're moving in towards the AFC West, I'll be real curious, you know, guys, at the end here, let's all just plan. I'll, I'd like you to pick your seven. Oof. Okay. So as I, as I, I'm going to lead us into the AFC West, I'm going to get the discussion going. I'm going to run through some teams here, but like, I want you to be ready at the end of this episode to pick your seven. All right. So I'm, I'm going to, and, and I'm going to move us on and, and go, go straight at it. Okay. Everybody understands in the AFC West, that there is there is one team that rules the land. It's not a question. It's one not a conversation. I uh, the I, I would say the best head coach in the league today, and also the best is Andy Reid today. Yeah, uh, I agree. Be- and don't get me wrong, Bill Belichick is is it probably the goat? I'm not going to take that away from him. But, you know, um, at some point, the next guy has rises to the top, and I think that's happened. Um, I think the mantle has been passed. I think that guy found his quarterback, his version of, of Tom Brady, and, in, and they are going, and I don't see it slowing down. That said, the Kansas City Chiefs suffered uh, incredible losses that we're going to get to here in just a second. But, it, 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 I mean, just, just no that a lot has happened to this team in the offseason, and it kind of subtly happened because it happened in waves. But know that Mahomes owns this division. He is 27-3 and in division. That's so crazy. He is 11-0 against the Broncos. Sounds like Tom Brady numbers. Tom, Travis Kelsey <laughs> is, uh, is pushing for his eighth straight 1,000 uh, receiving yard season. Um, and genuinely, the questions that I have on this team 
are just how do they replace key losses? The most recent of which is the biggest. Because Chris Jones is not playing football right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. He has said out loud he is willing to wait until week eight or possibly nine to play football. Uh, and Andy Reid was pretty dismissive of, of Chris Jones' decisions. He feels like they're <laughs> going to win football games regardless. But that is a potential Hall of Fame defensive lineman. Would I would say top five most dominant in any year he's played so far. And he is not playing football till week eight. That is a huge loss. Question yeah. there would be with the Chiefs. Is that, you know, maybe this is devil's advocate, but is that maybe a good thing? Because we know the Chiefs are going to make the postseason. Mm. We know that. That's an angle. And you have a guy that elite who is a little bit older now, not playing for eight, nine weeks, whatever you want to call it, to be able to come in and basically peak almost like a la Von Miller uh, for us <laughs> when we went on our Super Bowl run to kind of go in and peak at that point in the season is maybe not the worst thing in the world. But I definitely see what you're saying. Like it, it, in this conference, in this division, everything matters. So it, you can look at it from both ways. Yeah, I, I you could definitely see it. OK, he's safe. He's fine. But we understand the difference between in shape and football shape. I don't love a guy coming in week eight, having sat on the sidelines, pissed off his team by not showing up because we know they're, his teammates are going to be mad. Do yeah. they support him? Oh, yeah. Out loud to a camera? Absolutely. But are they picking that guy up off the ground? Probably not. Like, probably not. They're going to let I, him I sit for would. a second. I Bro, I mean, would. he's why? been there. Because they're scared of him. I'm just saying, no, dude. Like, I think because what he's... We, what, no, but wait, wait. He's been there for so long. Sure. As excellent as he has. One sure. of the best really, postseason defenders in recent memory. He's built like, like... I don't know. Part of me thinks that I don't think that relationships that have been built for, for so long. Like, he, how long has he been there? But, but how often do teammates respect money chasers? That's what he's doing. He's trying to build a, the contract right now. A lot, a lot right of them now. are always like... A, they I mean, always dude, are. You, they're always like get get your like on like even on like sports commentator shows. They're always like get your money, like get it sure. while you can because it's not going to last. Sure, that's what I they think, say when cameras are on. I totally believe that, and I do believe that they they I, love them when I it think, happens because I think it benefits them. If this was them, a dysfunctional but, organization, bro, I would agree. Yeah, bro. I, but, I mean, I, this is the type of organization that could take something like that. I feel like like because of the success. That yeah, they've well, had, because like, they got a coach that says I don't give a crud as well, and that dude leads it from the top. I don't down. know. I mean. I don't I just, love anybody sitting out for money and just saying, you know what, I'm good. Like, I don't love that at all, ever. I think it ruins team chemistry. I think it hurts teams. I don't, it doesn't I matter don't how good you are, but it might, it might but not My boy's going to be playing week one. Joe, we, we're talking about Bosa before the night's on over, but like Nick Bosa will be on the field week one. Yep. And he's not sitting. That, that conversation's happening right now. They had to get through today. And that was always the plan. I always knew that it was going to be okay. right there. I'm, all, so, all I'm saying uh, is like, that's a, talk to, I mean, seriously, talk to me September 10th, but he will be on the field starting and sacking people. I mean, Kenny Pickett will well, eat some grass well, at the hands of Nick Bosa on September 10th. Okay, but all, all I'm saying, though, is like, the, they're, they're, always, they're always about each other and with those, yeah. kinds, of, with those kinds of things. And so I, I don't know, to just, to just say that they to just make that statement, I just, I, just, I just hesitate to make that statement because. As you see, they always are supportive of their boy against 
It's always nope. the players against the front office. Sure, always. sure. I, I understand that's exactly how it goes out loud, but there will always there is plenty of guys who are on the back end of these conversations next year and the year after, and yeah, when it doesn't work out, there's always the centers. And I definitely hate guys not coming in until halfway through the year and making it about themselves because where was he for eight weeks? And that's what's going to get said if they go four and four. If they go five and three even, they're going to be like, where have you been? And they're going to be like, man, we're so glad he's here. They're going to get a little pissy and a little testy with it. It happens all the time. Especially if he starts out slow. Yeah, especially if he doesn't produce day one. Uh, Yes, totally agree with that. But I, you know, not Or or if he comes in and gets injured because he's not ready for football. Not, yeah. And and I'm not meaning to get stuck on that. I understand that sounds like a little bit of a hot take, but I've just watched it happen multiple times where guys sit out for contracts. And how does their team do that year? Not great ever like it never works out for the team and that's my point there this never goes well for the team so i mean moving on you got to remember that they also lost uh orlando brown which we talked about him going to cincinnati great for cincinnati brilliant move for cincinnati Cincinnati. we said that already in the episode but like um that's a huge loss for the chiefs um in my opinion and a very uh very underrated loss um Remember that this uh, uh, they all we already talked about Michael Hardman going over the Jets. Um, you know they they lost some people. They finally got rid of the uh, <laughs> or the end of the Frank Clark uh, era, if you will, and the contract. Uh, it was detrimental to them. So uh, they did sign Juwan Taylor uh, to come in and compete at that offensive tackle spot. Um, they also drafted Juan Morris uh, to hopefully get over there. Is going to be playing on the right side for a minute. Um, they did sign Charles Omanihu, um, but he's out for six games as well. Um, he got a domestic violence charge. You might remember in the playoffs while he was still with the 49ers right before that Eagles game. Uh, he was able to play in that game. The league allowed him to while it was being investigated, and then he got suspended for six games. So he'll be out. They did pick up Drew Tranquil, uh, Donovan Smith, the other offensive tackle they grabbed, um, and then uh, they added uh, speedster Richie James to this team, uh, who will probably end up in that 40 to 50 catch range, uh, just knowing what Richie is. Um, but uh, And then they got Jarek McKinnon back on a new deal. So they picked up and let go of some, uh, some good players. But I think if you were looking at the outflow, uh, even considering the draft, and I don't want to run past Rasheed Rice um, or uh, Felix Anaduke, Uzoma nailed that from Kansas State. The <laughs> yeah, edge that they took that at the end of the first round. Um, those are great additions. Rasheed Rice could be a baller. We don't know. I out of SMU. Um and a lot good of so far. Yeah, a lot a lot of people are hyping on him. And and that that wide receiver room is not great. As uh, Kadarius Tony, um, you know, like they they do not have like ballers left and right in that room, and they haven't needed them. Uh they always kind of seem to find their way with with wide receivers. Um, and even when Tyreek went down being there, they were still able to just keep moving because it's Patrick Mahomes and he just finds people that are open. That's what he does. And oh, yeah, you know, the tight end thing. Um, but like this, uh, this team did have a, I think, a bigger outflow than inflow when it comes to impact players. And I and, and I'm putting if you're putting Chris Jones on that, especially, um, you know, either Juju gone, Orlando uh, Brown gone and Chris Jones not playing at the start of the year. As well as Mikul Hardman, I don't want to diminish the impact uh, because I do think that that guy is a solid football player. But you know, those to me are are some really key losses for this team. 
Uh, how much does that impact win loss? Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment, you know, overall. But I, I think that that can't be um, understated, uh, that there there was just a massive uh, loss there. In terms of, uh, or overstated, words are hard, people. Um, you know, in, in terms of, like, division play and what they're up against, we all understand that, just describing the division as a whole. So, you know, the Chargers here... Broncos, I, I'm going to touch on a moment, our improved team. Uh, the Raiders, uh, also going to be an improved team. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's no shortage of good teams in this division and difficult uh, circumstances that are going to arise throughout the season. Um, what's going to hold them back, I think, is just a sense of newness and youthfulness. Um, and, uh, you know... They are going to be starting multiple rookies. This will be the most rookies that uh, they've let out onto the field uh, for, I would say, 40-plus snaps uh, in Andy Reid's tenure there. Um, you know, So note that. I mean, because remember, Mahomes did not play when, when Alex Smith was there. So um, you think about the amount of snaps that these guys are going to get uh, from, uh, you know, uh, from these rookies. Uh, Rasheed Rice probably going to uh, play... Uh, 85, 90% of snaps uh, at wide receiver. Um, you know, they're going to now have a sophomore edge rusher and a uh, first year edge rusher uh, coming off on opposite ends. That's a lot of youthfulness out there. So I think that mistakes could be a bigger part of this year. That's what I'm trying to get at. And so if anything, that youthfulness can hurt them. When you invest in young people like that, regardless of what profession it is, you will see mistakes made. And so I see some potential for that here with the Chiefs. Um, you know, overall, this team is still in that class of the division uh, discussion right now. For me, the record is going to be decided by Chris Jones' involvement with this squad. Because we talked about earlier how TJ Watt makes a difference for a team. Um, Chris Jones definitely is not the impact player that uh, Patrick Mahomes is for this team, or even maybe. I, I, but I think you could probably. I think the comparison is fair for Kelsey. I'm doing that in my yeah. head as we're talking out loud. I think that he is as important to this team as as Kelsey is, and I, from the win loss standpoint, I wouldn't necessarily say from the camaraderie standpoint or anything. Uh. But like, um, you know, so to me. That's where this comes in. So how many of those first eight games are they not winning? And when you look at what they're up against, the fact that they're going to play multiple division games, all that kind of stuff, see them being in that five and three range within that context of the first eight games. Now, remember, this is a this is the AFC year. So they've got nine home games this year and stacked on the back end of their schedule. Um, still going to be a ton of difficult opponent opponents. Uh, this is a division winner, so they have to play other division winners. Um, you know they're going to have a lot of difficulty here. But on the back end of that schedule, those those last nine games, I believe it's split five four in terms of home and away. Uh, if I remember looking at that schedule correctly, um, and I you know I see him taking maybe an extra two, one or two there. But this to me is probably a twelve and five team, most likely. Um, you know, if the youthfulness shows itself or if something bad happens with that defense, um, and we're just asking maybe a little too much of Patrick Mahomes, which we've all seen what he can do. He's terrifying. Is there such thing as asking too much? I, I don't know, but th- this, 
this could be it. I mean, you you lost you 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 lost a Pro Bowl left tackle. You don't have your yeah. Pro Bowl likely Hall of Fame defensive lineman. Um, you know, you you've ran through you ran two wide receivers out the door uh that were productive for you, um, or let them go, I should say. And now you're you're where you're at um with some youthfulness on this squad. Yeah. Like it may not be a perfect world. This may not be their best season overall. Uh, could I see them going eleven and six because of the youthfulness? Sure, I have them at twelve and five, but I don't think eleven and six is is uh, unforeseeable. I, obviously, I don't see them dropping all the way down to ten and seven. That just says how great this team is. That no matter what we see them is better than that. But um, yeah, this is twelve and five for me, and uh, probably headed to a a good year at. And uh, likely gonna have this division because I think it's gonna be real hard to beat twelve and five in that division. I agree. Um, Patrick Mahomes has never lost more than, or has never not won twelve games. I'll just say that the the fewest games he's won in a regular season is twelve games in his yeah. career as a starter. So I yeah, I definitely but this think could 12. be the worst roster he's ever had. <clears throat> yeah, but I also yeah, don't. That's I, my point. I, I am. You said that last year. I yes, exactly. I I'm full on in the in the camp where I don't think it matters. I and basically until I see it with some of these guys and Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys. I just don't think it matters. Um, now eleven certainly possible. I think that is the bottom, the absolute bottom, and that's including uh, what you were saying uh, about Chris Jones. That that is. If that's not the case, then the absolute bottom is 11 wins for me. But I, I'm in the 12 win camp. Um, I think that's pretty comfortable, especially given their schedule, like you mentioned. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say 12 too. I just can't like it's the until further further notice kind of deal. That's fair. Like I just can't like I mean, is 11 is this probably the biggest opp- chance for 11 wins? But I'm still just like until further notice. I'm not betting against it. The one, the one thing we didn't talk about, and and I think bears some uh, significance. I mean, at least to a certain extent, is they did lose their offensive coordinator. Uh, Eric yeah, Bellamy finally went and took another job. But also, how much was he doing? Because Andy Reid was making the play calls. That's not a bad point. Um, and that would be my next sentence, literally. Yeah. So I, I mean, I will say it is, it you know. Reed and, and Mahomes have done this without Bellamy before. That that is true, but I I just feel like there's a strong likelihood um, that yeah none of that matters. But I do think it's you. We should mention. Uh, are you in the Are you in the twelve and five or the eleven and six, Mike? I saw you kind of. You could go either way. I I feel like it could be either way. I I'm not as probably not as big on this division as some others are. I could see even with the down tick in actual players on the team. I, I could see them at 12, even 13. I, I I'm just not as big on this division as some others are. I'm not, I'm not huge on uh, Denver or Vegas myself personally. Yeah. Well, and, let and me so get I, to it. And so I think, well, as we're talking about the chiefs, yeah, I, I think that it. plays into how they get to 12 wins is that, yes, it's a great division, but I, I just don't see it for a couple of those teams there. So, I mean, moving down the division here, getting down to um, where, for me, the what is the best roster in the division, okay? It's the best roster, and I want to be very clear about what I just <laughs> said. Um, you know, it, and that's the Chargers. The Chargers have a top-to-bottom, just loaded roster. There are 
there are all pros in basically every unit here. Like this is this is a squad, and we talked about it before last year that should win games. They were disappointing as. I mean, we talked about on the flip side uh, as the Jaguars were awesome eh, when they needed to be. Uh, the Chargers were absolutely pathetic um, in the playoffs last year. They blew a twenty-seven to nothing lead against the uh, the Jaguars uh, in the first round. And the first thing that they did um, coming out of last season, which you know, I, I think it bears some mention that. This is a team that did do well despite missing Joey Bosa for 12 games, uh, Derwin James for three games. I mean, that yeah. it's a team that did well despite those things. Um, but uh, the first thing they went and did is, is said, uh, Justin Herbert, here's the Brinks truck, and you can have all the dollars. Um, literally all well the dollars. Threw $262 million at them and said, please never leave us. Uh, because Justin Herbert deserves it. This is a this is an incredible quarterback who has done nothing but everything they have asked him to do. I mean, you keep in mind he got him to that twenty seven zero lead that the defense went and lost. Now, great adjustments by Peterson in the second half and uh, took the ball away from Herbert, um, and also just got some key third down stops in that game. But um, is the loaded roster? I mean, Austin Eckler who you're never sure if he's going to get murdered or gain you a thousand yards. Um, it, you know, <laughs> this little guy is absolutely awesome. They went and uh, snagged, <clears throat> sorry, went and snagged Quentin Johnson, a wide receiver at a TCU in the first round. Absolutely did not think that's what they would do. But when your roster is this good, you can do whatever the heck you want. And they, they were might like, also need it. And Keenan Allen keeps missing games, and that's fair. I think, so does Mike Williams. I think this is a washed watch for the receiving core personally this season. Yes. I mean, as good as Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are, they have definitely missed some time due to some key injuries. Um, and th- so they went and got Quentin Johnson. Um, I thought you're like, you look at the, the size, the speed of this guy, like he's a real deal. Um, and they said all along this was their target. Other guys went above him, but this was the target. They didn't. They weren't looking at other receivers. They weren't worried about other receivers. They liked him, um, and they felt like he would be available there for him at twenty-one. So you giving you're giving your two hundred and fifty million dollar quarterback, or two hundred sixty-two million dollar quarterback, a uh, another weapon on an already really good wide receiver crew that just needs to stay healthy. And who's going to be um, surpassed probably in receptions. No other player on that team is going to get more than Eckler. Like, this is ridiculous. This dude's yeah. going to have 95 to 100 catches. And it's just incredible. And that's not even necessarily like he's, it's not a dink and dunk. This is a setup, wheel routes, screens. Um, you know, the, he's going to go in motion and run underneath. Uh, we praise Christian McCaffrey as we should for being a slot receiver that can play incredible running back. Austin Eckler is every bit the same type of player in terms of what you can utilize him to do and break down a defense. He's a mismatch nightmare. So they gave him another weapon on top of what he already had. This offense is incredibly dynamic. They win games in spite of their coach, Brandon, who is, in my opinion, a bottom six coach in the NFL right now. Like, I don't like him at all. He is horrible game management. How you lose a 27 to nothing lead 
uh, just shows, first of all, a lot of credit to Doug Peterson there. I'm not taking anything away, but just shows that you don't have the under fundamental understanding you need to run the stinking ball in the NFL when you have leads. Um, throwing the ball on first and second down, which he did three out of those four drives in that game to start the second half on both first and second down and being that predictable and ridiculous in your play calling is atrocious. You, you, you get on the headset and you tell your OC, dial it up. We're running a 36. Like we're, we're going right now. Just 36 blast run. What the heck? And go put in your number two running back and uh, literally just lay it out and, ble- and bleed some clock. There's no reason to lose that. And that's the epitome of what this team is with him as the coach. I love the team. I love the squad. They lost Drew Tranquil, um, which we already mentioned to KC. Um, you know, they basically just let Kyle Van Oy, Bryce Callahan, Nasir Adderley, all of them just go <laughs> and didn't really do a lot to re-sign. Um, you bring in uh, Eric Kendricks, who is not the fastest linebacker, but they had to improve that specific unit, by the way, which they also yep. did with Henley, uh, Diane uh, Henley um, out of Washington State. That was a really good get in the third round. Um, they went and got the edge rusher. I'm just going to call him Thule. Uh, that's because that's what the USC announcers did because his he is Samoan and his last name has so many vowels in it. Um, in the second round. <laughs> so they improved that defense really well in the second, third round. Those guys are both going to see significant minutes. It's likely that Henley is also a starting linebacker, which that was one of the worst linebacker units in the league. At every other spot, they did have guys, but they did not have guys that could stop the run in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so love the improvement there. Um, this team is the second team in this division, period. I, I don't care what you think about the... Sean Payton add to the Broncos, which I don't. Everybody likes that ad. It's a, it's a, it's going to produce wins. But this is an, this is a eleven win team, uh, in my estimation. So they're they're literally just one behind here, and um, and I think that 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 just tells you how good that roster is. The uh, um, oh yeah, we're gonna hit there. Um. Well, I'll just jump back into uh, into next team, and we'll just keep it moving, I guess. But I, I think that everybody's probably on the same boat. You can nod your head and say yes. Grant's agreeing from the back. Mike, were you 11-6? and six? Do you like that? 11-6 uh, and six is okay. I don't like the decision-making of that coach, and it could hold them back. I, I agree. My blurb on that is I think he has the mind of a great coach, but he doesn't have the decision-making. I think he definitely knows football, and he was obviously a great defensive coordinator yeah. for the Rams. He was basically what propped us up. Uh, in those first seasons of us kind of coming back to relevancy there. Uh, this year is definitely make or break for him. I honestly thought he might have been out of a job after that performance in the playoffs last year. It would How have do been you not justifiable. pick up Sean Payton in that position for that team? That's all I'm saying. That's what we, we have been saying that, like, why not Sean Payton there? Or why not wait out Dallas? But instead, I mean, we'll eventually start talking about it. But yeah, it, it was a head scratcher in, in that regard. Well, moving on down to those Denver Broncos, um, this is a team that clearly underperformed massively to the point of having to say goodbye to their head coach. Uh, here comes Sean Payton to save the day. Uh, they they make a literal trade, um, buying out the contract uh, with New Orleans to get Sean Payton there, and then they became buyers. They after only winning six games last year, um, not seeing anything that looked like winning football from Russell Wilson. They won um, five last year. 
Did I say f- six? My bad. They won five. Um, Believe me, I was tracking their win loss totally <laughs> like crazy last year. Thanks, man. The uh, um, they they became buyers. Now they did lose Jermont Jones uh, to Seattle. That's mm-hmm. a, which was a great pickup for Seattle, who who clearly lost some guys in their front seven uh, to free agency, some depth anyway. Um, and they decided to let uh, Dalton Risner, Billy Turner, and Cameron Fleming all contributing offensive linemen, which. Sean Payton immediately said, this is the problem. He, he said, this is it. They let all those guys go. Um, but uh, the, in, a day one of free agency, they made their move. They went and shored up the right tackle spot, which was where uh, one of the spots Fleming had played a lot of time at. Um, and they went and got Mike McGlinkey from the 49ers. Um, they uh, immediately went after Ben Powers as well, uh, the guard position. And then they went and signed uh, depth. They went and got um, Samaj Perine uh, from the... Samaj Perine? Samaj Perine? 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 Yeah. I'm bad at names, people. Yes. Um, I can read. I swear. I'm just bad at names. Um, but they went and got him as one of the better backup uh, running backs in the NFL. Um, because last year, Devon Williams uh, went down with knee injury, and that was clearly a concern as they head into week one knew that he uh is it samaj samaji samaji okay samaji could uh, handle it for the first two to three weeks if necessary it looks like williams is good to go um full run but uh they got some depth there went and signed um a new punter they have uh they went and got a new kicker this week uh traded for will lutz i stole him away from new orleans um just Sean Payton needs to trust the kicker, and he trusts that guy. Um, but they also did not have a first-round pick. Went after uh, Marvin Mims, wide receiver from Oklahoma, uh, to get some depth there. Jerry Judy went down what appeared to be an ugly injury in the preseason. We were all worried about that. Like That, that just sucks. Jerry Judy seems to be a dude, and you never want to see a guy go down. They still have Cortland Sutton, who is underperformed at times uh, as a wide receiver. A big old dude, um, but those are uh, those figure to be their top three wide receivers. Uh, Mims and those two do, and they addressed other issues uh, with the defense, which had been uh, honestly like good, but just gave up points at the wrong time. Did not help them out in um, multiple scenarios. So they they addressed that with Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas. Then one got some more corner pickup. depth. Yeah, it was. And we had when, him as a first rounder. Yeah, and he dropped massively. I mean, he was he was uh, ranked anywhere from 25 to about 37, 40 at the worst, and then dropped to 67. Um, and, you know, it wasn't a character concern thing. I think it was a fit thing. And what teams were looking for, a lot of skill players and offensive linemen went in the second and third rounds uh, in particular. Um or early third round. And so it, that just pushed him back all the more. But uh, also got Riley Moss, solid cornerback out of Iowa. Um, they went and drafted like you do. You go get those sixth and seventh round centers. They picked up Alex Forsyth from Oregon, who's a four-year starter for the Ducks, um, and uh, has been competing for that center job. He did make the roster, and now we'll see uh, what they end up doing. But uh, they have already elevated the level of play in many different positions. This is a team that's clearly going to win more than five games because Sean Payton 
could you imagine him if he was winning five or six games and I just heads would roll. I I don't care if your name's Russell Wilson. Oh yeah, there's the door. I mean, well, there's the, there's, the, there's, the, there's like the thing out there that like he may dump Russell Wilson if he's not good this year. Yeah, and that's yeah, real. like that's a Sean Payton way. Yeah, he's not there to revitalize Russ's career. He's there to win football games for the Denver for Broncos. The Denver Broncos. And, and to be fair about it all, man, I mean they're paying him twenty million dollars a year. That is what they are about, almost what they're paying Sean yeah, Payton. It was close to it's crazy. Um, I mean, he's, so he's easily the highest paid coach, right? Isn't yes. It? Yeah, and it's not even close. And that's what it was going to take to get him back in because that dude was happy to just talk about football. Yeah. <laughs> Cushy really gig. Was. I mean, you know, I I think obviously he's going to do a ton for Russell Wilson. I mean, that no doubt he absolutely. I mean, that was will. Russell Wilson's dream when he was trying to get Pete Carroll out of town. Yeah, that was who he wanted. Well, now we got it. Now we got it. And he got his dope house and his massive contract. And, you know, everything's roses for him. Right. Well, in looking, (laughs) I mean, in looking at what they're facing this year, I I really can't say that this is anything more, honestly, than um, an improvement season uh, because of how tough the AFC is. I don't have this team as a playoff team. If as I'm looking at it, this to me is is probably. And I think there's two of them in this division because I think that I do think that the Broncos with their coach um, are as good as probably just the Raiders and their whole team. I think they're both nine and eight and I'll get to the right Raiders breakdown. But I think these teams are tying. And I mean, obviously, there's going to be a tiebreaker for which one of them ends yeah. up in third. But so I've got the Broncos here first. But. I think they're nine and eight, and I think that's really, um, you know, four win improvement is awesome. Uh, and I think Sean Payton's going to have to be good with that. You can't really get much worse than five wins. Like, I mean, yeah, nope. you can. There's four other yeah. you can, <laughs> four other options. Yeah, you, but, you cannot win a game. Yeah, but that's yes, not happening. But, yeah, but, but I think with a team that does have talent, that does have Sean Payton, there's no way I see them I, being as nearly as bad yeah I, I will say for me um a big question mark is going to be that receiving core right now incredibly thin looking at their depth chart yeah. jerry also, judy's already questionable i mean he's had a history of injuries already as we know uh, very tim, questionable for week tim one patrick yeah, get out tim, again. tim patrick out i believe for the year yep gone well, he, uh, he on was, ir he, he he was injured all of last year beginning yep. of the season yep. and now again yep. and, and again looking at their depth chart who basically there there are no third stringers to both of their second string wide receivers, uh, Jalen Virgil being the other one, also on IR. So they are very thin, uh, which I'm not a huge fan of. I do like the addition of Samaji P. Ryan in the backfield. I think he's going to have uh, some Samaji good looks. Samaji P. Ryan, Samaji P. Ryan, Samaji P. Ryan. Yes. I will say that. Next you got time. it. You got it. I think he's going to have some so good weird. looks. It's a weird uh, word. Uh, weird name. It's a weird <laughs> Very similar to in Cincinnati. You had some sets where you just dropped him in there instead of mixing. And you got the job done. Yeah. So I, I do like some of the additions there. Uh, again, as we all know, we've been singing Sean Payton's praises for a while. Um, I think he's a fantastic coach. Um, I'm still fading Russell Wilson, but obviously I do think he's going to be better um, in this environment. It's just I, my brain, like that was one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, um, Sean Payton wasn't wrong. Yeah, and I, I know he's been talking a lot of smack this offseason already. Uh, you know, the Jets about the Jets have uh, going to the playoffs and b- basically trying to hype everybody up about it. Uh, understandably so. Um, 
I think again their ceiling is uh, agreeable nine and eight. Um, I do think they will be third place um, in, in the division at nine and eight, missing the playoffs. Um, I won't talk about the Raiders yet because we'll get into them, but I do think they they will be better than the Raiders. Um, I, I can't see I can't see anything better than nine and eight personally uh, right now. Uh, if they had a full wide receiver room, I might feel a little bit better. Um, not that that's necessarily knocking wins off for me, but it's a concern. Um, yeah, I'm going to go nine and eight. I, I think it would take a quarterback injury in division for them to win 10 games. I agree. Like yeah. it would have to be like a Patrick Mahomes or Herbert, which I am not wishing ill. I'm knocking on wood right now on, uh, on them, but I think that's what it would take for them to get to the 10 game mark just because that division's so stinking. I don't, hard. I don't agree. I don't think it would take that. I, it would require, Quarterback play it would it would require Russ turn back the clock three years, and pl- and, and and play to that level, which I think he can. I just like, think that's uh, I, I, think I think it's too can. far I think, gone. I I don't. The dude's only thirty two, but he's only thirty two. Like it, like it, I, I, he had a terrible year last year, and yes, Hackett was terrible, but also he wasn't executing. I mean, I he wasn't see, executing. I did see him run in the preseason. Um, you know, a couple of times, like uh, in the 49er game in the preseason, I watched him like take off and I went, that was really good. Like, I know he's he, only he's 32. Like, like, okay, like, how I know cra- it's preseason, but like, like, how crazy is it? Like, he could move. Listen, I was loving his downfall last year, mainly because I was loving the Broncos <laughs> downfall because it made us better. But like now that like that's done and we don't need the Broncos to be bad anymore. I want Russell. Like the dude was a almost a shoe in for a Hall of Famer. For ten years of his career, he has one bad year, and now we're like, "Oh, he's done." No, uh, I well, I think that, I, I think, think that's I think that's ridiculous. I, like, I think for a lot of players that aren't your prototypical quarterbacks, sometimes it just life comes at you fast. And I don't yeah, think I don't that there think, have been very many. I, I know again, I know he's only thirty-two. Um, I think he's turning thirty-three in like October. I, you know, you can. I think you can count on one finger. A, a short quarterback that has had an extended prime and his name is Drew Brees. <laughs> and I and guess who was his coach? Uh, that's valid. But Drew Brees, Drew Brees is 10 times the pocket passer of Russell Wilson. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm not. And that's part uh, of 10 it. 10 times is a little significant. Maybe two times. I, I would say. I don't, I don't know. Drew, I mean, Drew Brees is a much better quarterback historically ever. Than Russell Wilson has ever been. Well, okay, but but here's the thing: up until <laughs> up until last year, Russell Wilson at, at, at the career marks he was at at eight, at eight. Gino Gino Smith got MVP votes. Before I know, Russell Wilson I know, did, and I know. Russell Wilson has passed his prime. I understand. I just all don't think his things. game ages well. He's got the one of the prettiest deep balls I've ever seen. I just don't see it for but, him making a comeback when he already wasn't that great in his last year in Seattle. He was injured. He was in, like everyone no. tries to put that on him, but. He was injured. He was out for weeks and then tried to come back way before he was ready, but still ended the was year it, with 25 touchdowns wasn't and 12 it like receptions. A, a middle finger? Something like that? It was a, yeah. It was a finger, but, right? But listen, like, yeah. so he, he, was, he was out and for three af- games. That affected his legs? He wasn't no, really no, doing no. much on the ground. I don't know, but, 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 but stop. His stats to end that season was 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, yeah. even being pretty much done for six, for six weeks because you know, out for three games of injury was terrible for three games. And everyone wants to write that up because before that, he was having another great year. Like He was going to hit 30 touchdowns. But to be fair, if I said those exact stats about Jimmy G, you'd come at me. 
because that happened. Exactly. He missed the same amount of time, had those stats, and you came and, at And me. also, here's okay, the thing. But, but here's the thing. Jimmy G consistently is injured every time. This is the first time. The- what, was, Russ healthy last, was Russ healthy last year? Uh, yeah. All they year. averaged 16 oh, I, I know. points per game. He was terrible. Yeah. I know that he was terrible. I, I just, I don't think it's coming back like that with, you know, not any additional not, weapons, really. I mean, and in fact, gonna, you're losing weapons because your receivers are gone. Okay, but, you know, I mean, I know we, I know we can bang our heads on the wall with this one, but like genuinely, <laughs> I think it, it there is going to have to be some sort of transformative thing for him. Sean Payton clearly is the guy that can do that. So I think yeah. what we're setting this, what's setting the stage here is, is this bad season from last year, this incredible coach who has done incredible things, them coming together. And we're going to really see, we're going to really see if Russell Wilson is the guy that, that Grant believes he can be I don't, and, he, and that he, he has been. I think he, and, uh, but, but, but we have yeah, evidence to the contrary for two seasons. So, I mean, it is one. fair. I'm going to say one. Okay. Uh, to be fair, if the Denver, like going into last season, if we would have said the Broncos were going to be nine and eight last year, that would have been a disappointment. Yes. Well, also, there were so many dumb statements that were being made about that team. People saying things like, this is the best weapons that he's ever had. That is not true. You the Bron- take the DK Broncos Metcalf, were, Tyler Lockett, well, yeah. Marshawn uh, no, Lynch, I, before I, any of those guys. I agree. Ever I agree with that. Yeah, but the, the Broncos, statements being the Broncos said. were supposedly a team who was a quarterback away as well. Just the like Buccaneers the two years ago or three years ago, whatever that yeah. was. Which yeah, they clearly weren't, and yeah. and and I will say you know that he didn't he did not have a receiving core for half the year. I'll give him that, um, like any uh, for half the year. So Jerry Judy has totally not been bad. good. Since but again, I I think this is just we're gonna see if he can do it, if he can come back. And you have no excuses after this, though. That is the oh, one no. thing we all agree on. Yes, is you have this no is excuses. Gonna define his career. If you can't do this, this with Sean Payton. You can't do it. And that's why I think 9-8 and, and eight is still bad. They're going to be 9-8. and eight. They're not going to make the playoffs. And and it's not like Russ is going to get any fair. better the following season. I, no, I, I'm, not, I I'm mean, not saying that. Russ had to know that he's walking into one of the toughest divisions in football. He's mm-hmm. in, and going to have to play the best team in football every single stinking year. And once in, in KC, once at home. And... I mean, he knew what Patrick Mahomes' record was against them coming in. I mean, bro was 9-0 and when he put, started playing there. So it's not like he didn't know where it was at. So we're going to see this division is awesomely competitive. I want to just get to the last one real quick. We're going to run right through it because literally I don't have a lot to say other than Jimmy G plays quarterback for the Raiders, guys. Boo. Uh, they did, the, the Raiders did not get worse. They didn't uh, get it was better. Like, it was like you took uh, like three steps forward and then like two and a half steps back. <laughs> like like you know? they just didn't do a lot of things that they needed to do. They no. let I will say one thing they did do really well is they let go of defensive players that needed to go play elsewhere. Um, <laughs> like genuinely, like they let some guys go, and that was that was really good. Uh, Rocky Sin, bye bye. Um, Some of these names I'm not even going to know because we looked at them last year. I was yeah. like, who are and you? And I was like, I was so right on, spot on. <laughs> you this were, team. Yeah, you, you were, were totally right. They were bad. Um, d- you I know, wore that with a badge of honor on the show. <laughs> Deron Harmon uh, doesn't play for anybody. Um, you know, Denzel Perryman, linebacker for them, not playing anywhere. Um, Andrew Billings is playing for Chicago. Good luck, buddy. Um, and then what they immediately went and did was reloaded that defense with depth. 
Uh, this team, uh, th- this team needed to go and get some playmakers as well. Uh, they brought in Jacoby Myers. Um, they made, they did finally get the Josh Jacobs thing done. That had to happen. Jesus, um, number to number eight looks clean. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he looks did. Cool. But Josh Jacobs last year, uh, sixteen hundred fifty-three yards. He was the NFL rushing leader. Had to get that deal done. Took some time. They got it figured out. He'll be on the field week one. Um, they. They went and signed, you know, positionally, they went and signed an offensive tackle. They did bring in Austin Hooper. Uh, they also drafted um, a Michael Mayer from uh, Notre Dame in the second round at tight end. Uh, that, that's, those two will basically be replacing Waller and be competing for the one spot, though Hooper is going to start. Uh, we'll see. Marcus Epps come in, coming in to play safety. They went and got a, a pair of new corners like they drafted. Uh, another corner safety, like in the top five rounds, they went uh, defense four times out of seven picks, and uh, and basically just went and started working on that defensive secondary, which we acknowledged in great length last year. And Grant correctly pointed out they had to deal with. So they went and did a lot of good things um, in terms of at addressing positional needs. But when you let Derek Carr uh, or trade Derek Carr to the Saints and then go get Jimmy G, you are basically just trading one thing for another, but getting a few less yards. And that's yeah. really what Jimmy G is. I mean, the, the, it's the, going to be around the same touchdown interception numbers. Yeah, roughly. I mean, the, the, the term that I had was like it was like pretty much the definition of a collateral move. Mm-mm. It just doesn't do anything for you. And yeah. and while you dr- address positional need, got a little younger in some places, you had to get younger. I mean, honestly, the team done is not is a lot just better. Threw in some some Joe Schmo and try to get Caleb Williams next year. Like, sure, like to, um, to me, because like, what does this do for the future of the Raiders? But, well, here's the thing: is I I mean, we did see one real cool thing happen in the preseason for this team. They may, I'm just throwing this out, conspiracy theory, Matt here. They may have found the guy. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, highlights of Aiden O'Connell, quarterback they got out of Purdue. Uh, they drafted him in the fourth round. This kid's a baller. Like, you should go check his YouTube highlights out. Like, he is genuinely a baller. He is a playmaker. Dude stood in, stands in the pocket with people coming at him. I actually really like him. So just tuck that one away. I understand it's nothing right now. Jimmy G is the guy, as he should be. Um, they signed him to be the guy. But like, I actually really like this kid, and uh, and and could see a future for him. I'm just gonna call that shot right now. But this team is want want. Um, they have a want want coach, and um, you know Josh McDaniels is he's not a head coach. Like I don't understand how people keep thinking he's the guy. He's a he's an offensive coordinator. Like that's what he yeah. is. So um, that's and not really a, like he's a good offensive coordinator. He's fine. He's fine. I mean, like, his best years were with Tom freaking Brady. I don't know how anybody doesn't have good years with Tom Brady. If you one guy didn't, but like you know, <laughs> um, it's yeah. I I just don't see anything great for this team. Nine and eight, uh, tied with the Broncos. Maybe the Broncos get the the head to head, and that's it. I think we all agree on that. So I'm not gonna spend a whole I think lot they of time. Win, uh, I think they're below five hundred. You I like the eight and nine? You like the I eight might and even nine? Say seven and ten. Yeah. Seven and ten. Yeah. Somewhere in there, uh, I know Mike's fading, sitting in there. He's he's off the call for for a little bit, but um, yeah, I think we're around in there. The one last thing we were gonna do, and let's just read them. Um, your seven teams for the playoffs in the AFC. I'm gonna read Mike's first, 
uh, then one of you guys hit it. Mike has the Jags, the Chiefs, the Bengals. He likes those Dolphins. He took the Jets and the Bills. He did take three teams out of that division. (laughs) And he took the Ravens. Interestingly enough, only took one AFC West team. Surprising, uh, surprising pick. He took two, took the Bengals and the Ravens, leaving the Browns and the Steelers out. Um, no surprise with the Jags thing, obviously, but uh, took three teams uh, out of that North. I mean, that's wow. Okay. Uh, what do you guys got? I mean, there are definitely going to be, I think, some 10 win teams that may not even make it <clears throat> into the playoffs, um, at least based on the records I gave some teams. Um, but I'm going to go for my division winners. I'm going to keep it the same as um, as Mike here. Jaguars, Chiefs, the Bengals. I'm, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ride that. I think I like that. It's kind of interesting. Um, and then I'm going to go Chargers, Bills, Ravens. So Jets, I am leaving not, the Jets out. I'm leaving the Jets out. Okay. I, just, I just think that the quarterback play from the Chargers is better. And I think that's going to be the difference. Ugh, this one's tough. Um, no, this is no in, slide to Aaron Rodgers. He's still a great quarterback. This but. is this is in no particular order, but I'm going to say the Bills. I'm going to say the Dolphins. I'm going to say the Chiefs. I'm going to say the Chargers. I'm going to say the Bengals. I'm going to say the Ravens and the Jags. So I too am going to say that the Jets just. I I just don't know if I can get there. Like there's there's just so much top top heavy contenders in the AFC, obviously, as we know, um, it, it, it's just really hard. And again, this is all is two going to play for the dolphins. I'm, yeah. I'm operating under that assumption, which That's is fair. why I'm going to take totally them. fair. I'm going to take it's, it's but, either one of those two. Okay. It's either one of those two in, in one of those spots, but that's what I'm going to say. I personally have a hard time disagreeing with that, but in lieu of Tua being Tua, I will go ahead and take the Jets. Okay. So I like the Jags. Be my, be my, my spiritual, yeah. like, alternate reality pick. Okay. I've got, I got the Jags, yeah. Chiefs, Bengals. I am going to take the Jets. Uh, and then I'm going to take the Bills and the Ravens and the Chargers. Those would be those would be my seven. I uh, Curious what anybody else's seven are, man. We just pounded through so much stuff over the last three hours and 17 minutes so we're gonna call it right there for and the afc <laughs> we have the nfc to and we do. have the <laughs> nfc to go so this is what we do best folks we love it uh we hope you guys enjoy the episode join us for the nfc preview that will definitely be a lot shorter than that <laughs> um but uh, we're so looking forward to football if we don't catch in the, in that other preview episode and uh we'll be right there screaming our heads off with go you on september 10th let's, let's go, go.